Welcome everyone to the Miskatonic Playhouse and to our playthrough of the scenario Jolene, modern day Call of Cthulhu scenario written by yours truly. I am Rena Henze and I will be your keeper for this evening. And I would like to introduce all of my marvelous cast members who are about to meet in one form or another, the mysterious Jolene. So, Phaedra? Hello, I'm Phaedra and I'm playing Dr. Nico Ricardo today, the professor of the occult. Very mysterious. Very. And Newman? Hello, I am T.A. Newman, and today I am playing Dr. Alden Wachowski, who is a psychiatrist. Okay. And Lydia? Hi, everybody. I'm Lydia, and I'm playing private investigator Tony Xavier. Marvellous. And last but not least, Pete. Hello, I'm Pete, and I will be playing Nurse Brian Jacobs, who is a hospital nurse. Wonderful. Okay, so let us get right into the story. It is September, first week of Ye Mythical Year of 2019. Pre-COVID, pre-social distancing, all of that sort of thing. A year, for many, that is perhaps bright with promise. But not so much for the four of you. Not anymore. On this particular drizzly September afternoon, the four of you have arrived in the beachside town of Santa Cruz, California. Santa Cruz in the Bay Area is a city of contrast, which you all notice as you drive in, whether together or separately. You came down Highway 17 from the airport in San Jose, and the moment you entered town, it became very clear to you the difference between the haves and the have-nots. As you drive along the beachside areas, you see millionaires' homes, brightly colored, well-kept, manicured lawns, fancy cars in the driveways. Some of these must be upwards of five million. Many of them are used as rental properties or vacation homes. Many of them are empty as you drive past. And as you go past the wealthier side and drive more into the center of town, you see homeless people under every overpass, standing on street corners, holding up signs, asking for help. We'll work for food. Please help homeless veteran. Please baby formula for my child. You see others walking down broken sidewalks, pushing broken carts or strollers with bags of bottles for recycling to get a few cents or every piece of clothing that they own as they walk along with their dog looking for shelter. There's tenement homes, smaller houses that look very crowded with broken windows, 
poorly kept lawns. Everywhere you go, you see rising above in the hills, millionaire mansions overshadowing the darkness at the center of town. And you all, in your vehicle, pull up into a side street just across from the tent city that you were instructed to come to. This tent city, even as you cross the street, you can see is covered with small pup tents, broken down larger tents, perhaps donations or tents that have been used for months, years in the sun and the rain, blankets draped over tree branches, some folks just sitting out in the open air with nowhere to go. And you all cause a little bit of a stir as you enter because you so obviously do not fit in here. But you are here because someone needs your help. For all of you at one point or another, lost the person closest to you, the one you love, to a mysterious woman named Jolene. She swept into town. You never saw her. You never met her. All you have are scraps of description from your loved one, talking about her briefly in snatches, unable to hold a full conversation. Before she left, taking their essence with her, and sometimes even taking them. And you can empathize with the hopelessness that you feel in this tent city to some extent, because you felt some of it yourself. And you're here now because you all joined a fairly recent subreddit called Who is Jolene? And there are posts from people across the country mentioning this mysterious woman who no one else has seen and how they took the loves of their lives away. Everyone's searching for answers. And then three days ago, a post from a user known as Dot Perkins 80 begged for help because Jolene is in town and she is losing her husband to him, to her. This is the first time you ever saw a post from anyone saying Jolene was in town. Every post is an artifact of her disappearance, a memory of a time before. This is now. And for one reason or another, you have all gathered here to help Dot and perhaps find answers of your own. So as you walk into this tent city, why don't we get a description uh, of all of your characters, what you look like and what you're doing as you enter and as you look around and see everyone around you, the smell of unwashed bodies, the drizzle of the rain, the chatter. Who do we see? And let's start with uh, Dr. Ricardo. 
Dr. Ricardo is uncomfortable, kind of as a personality trait, but also right now. Um, he's very tall, uh, but you can't quite tell because he awkwardly hunches over a little bit, hides it, kind of almost trying to hide himself, his clothes not quite fitting, looking around uncomfortably. The the rain, you can see he kind of wipes it away from him and it almost has a strange effect on him, like he's kind of limping, trying to, to avoid it. It's 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 a very it's he has he has both a presence and he can kind of disappear among all the other people. I, I think he would probably look around. You can see emotion, sadness in his eyes at the misfortune of all the others, kind of uncomfortably patting his pockets to see if he has any coins or any, any money he can spare, but sadly he, he can't. He doesn't have much himself and he just continues with barely a trace of hope in his eyes, kind of worn down by the rain, by the atmosphere and by everything that's happened to him and to his partner, who is now gone. So you're used to being, Ricardo, in a tiny office. Nobody notices you. The department is underfunded. You don't have many students. And the times when you do get out, you really don't have many friends or many places to go. And the few that you did have have kind of drifted off because of the air of hopelessness that pervades around you ever since Cam left. And you look around and you can feel the same kind of cold in the air that you felt ever since. What about uh, Alden, Dr. Wachowski? Uh, Alden is, um, I think he's very aware of, of everybody around him. He, he's, he, he gives an aura of being calm. He's quite quiet, he's warm eyes, gentle smile. He, as they, they got out of the car, he, he was just checking the subreddit on his tablet, uh, but then almost immediately realizes where he is and, and the tablet would mean in this environment. And he kind of puts it back in it, away in his satchel. And he, he tries to radiate out a sense of, of, of kindness and generosity, but I think there is a, an emptiness within him. There's, there's a hollowness there. Um, he looks tired, always tired. You're always tired, Alden. You were even before Jolene stole your life, in a way. Working with overdose patients, with suicide attempts, walking long hallways in the hospital. It's draining work for you, and you found it even more so. You can't help but feel a connection to some of the people you see people sitting with wine bottles clutched in their hands, staring dead ahead. 
The broken needles scattered around one tent. You've seen this. You know this. But it's so hard to care. But you try. And coming in behind Dr. Wachowski, we have our medical nurse, Brian. Brian is uh, a big guy. Uh, he's he's a little bit overweight, and he's you know he's very laid back to the point of being a little bit slovenly, to be honest. And his hair is very messy, despite the fact that he's clearly going bald. And the first thing he does after getting out of the car is he, he dives under one of the tents for a bit of cover. And he he lights a cigarette, and uh, anyone sort of around, he, he he offers a couple of cigarettes to the people around him. Or, a reassuring smile, a nod, and you know he's he's seen a lot of this before as a nurse. He's seen addiction up close. He's seen you know people like this come into his A and A. So he's he's kind of fairly comfortable around these people. He knows how to talk to them. You work in an emergency room. That's your main beat, so to speak. So you see a lot of this, the darkness and the pain, and the brokenness coming in. And a couple people do take you up on the offer of a cigarette, and you hear the deep, calming inhale from some of them. Most of them give you a muttered sort of thank you, and a couple of them hurriedly run away as if they're expecting you to ask them for something in return or take it back. And then lastly, almost unobtrusively, sliding in behind everyone else as you look around is Tony. He, I, Antonio Xavier, or Tony, as he goes by, is a small, slightly built Latino man. He is looking around, but his eyes aren't darting. They're just moving slowly, unobtrusively. He doesn't want to come across at a or threatening or like he is looking for something which of course he is he's looking for someone but he really doesn't want to look as though he's causing any trouble tony is the kind of man who likes to be unobtrusive until he's not as you come in tony and you're looking around you see how everyone else is responding or reacting you notice all the way at the back of this encampment, there is a large white tent that has the banner Santa Cruz Helps on it, which you know to be the organization, the nonprofit that Dot told you she works for. There's long tables set up with volunteers in hairnets and gloves passing out to a queue of people, hot soup in a bowl, bread, oranges, Another tent next to it with several people passing out coats and socks and scarves, shoes, whatever they can find. There's what looks like a portable shower set up with another queue of people waiting. And you see, as you move up in this direction, there is a tall woman, curly blonde hair, tight t-shirt, jeans, wearing an apron and she's filling bowls of soup and passing them to people in the queue 
she wears a little name tag that says Dot. And you notice, Tony, and, and anyone, anyone else who's watching her, that she looks tired. There's dark circles under her eyes, but she's still taking a moment to speak to everyone who comes through her queue. Everyone. She pats them on the hand. She asks them, Jerry, how's your dog? Did you manage to get his flea medication? She talks to a young person who's very obviously pregnant and carrying a toddler under one arm. Nick, I, I got your... I got your baby formula and, and maybe some vitamins if you just come see me after dinner. And she just seems to connect with every person who comes through, person after person after person. And everyone who walks away from her, her table looks a little brighter somehow. So what do you all do at this point? We all awkwardly kind of know each other don't we from the flight over and the drive over and we we've been in the same subreddit group mm -hmm. does uh someone want to go over and, and say hi um i think that might be uh it, it's uh dot dot perkins 80 yeah it's it's dot uh, we should uh we should go and say hi it's it's uh, she's busy, but I'm sure she'll be happy to see us. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, he puts yeah. on a I mean, smile. It's here, right? Yeah. Let's go say hello. Let know we we're we're here, and yeah. Maybe we should give her a hand until the line goes down a bit. Give her some time. And keeper, can I have mm -hmm. a quick glance around the room to see if there's anyone who might need some medical attention in any fashion? Absolutely. Give me a spot hidden. There's lots of people around you sitting outside their tents, eating their soup, or there's one older gentleman playing a harmonica sitting next to you with multiple glass bottles strewn around him. I think with this cigarette smoke, which is fine in my eyes, I, I don't seem to see anything because I failed. Okay. You do a quick glance around, but it being about 5 p.m., people getting their food and... and the volunteers going around and, and offering some first aid in some cases. It's a little hard to see anyone individual who might need might need help. Maybe you'll find someone as you move around later. But at the moment, everything looks, as far as you can tell, under control. Okay. Keeper, as Dr. Ricardo goes over to speak to uh, Dot, I'm, I'm going with purely to observe the interaction. Um kind of gauge dot and also dr ricardo <coughs> excuse me and also dr ricardo okay so you can give me a psychology role as you're watching people nico are you going up to talk to dot while alden is observing you <laughs> or uh yeah i mean uh dr ricardo might be shy and awkward but actually he's deceptively charming he has it kind of like reserved likability to him so even though he's uncomfortable himself that he knows that people tend to like him that's first impression so he's happy to put on his shy smile and go up and introduce himself and say we're here okay <laughs> dot dot looks up as you walk up to her table and she looks you up and down 
and seems to quickly gauge that you don't belong here and uh can i help you are are you here to help with the the delivery or dot it's uh it's dr ricardo from 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 reddit hi oh oh oh, good to see you you're uh, doing such great work here we we do our best uh I I have to I have a few more minutes of work and if if do you, if you want to jump in and help uh, we could always use more hands. Uh yeah 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 let, let, you you want everyone we, we're going to help. Oh the, the, there there's more of you? Oh wow, marvelous. Huh? <laughs> and she passes you these plastic food service gloves and a hairnet and she directs you over towards where they're passing out bread and little those little packets of butter and things. Alden, how did you do on your spot? Uh, or on I your psychology roll. Rolled a hard success. So, what you gather from this interaction is that Dr. Ricardo is very awkward and seems to be a bit uncomfortable in this interaction, but he is genuinely trying. And you see that Dot is very comfortable. Whether it's talking to the people in her queue, because even while she's talking to Nico, she's still passing things out and she makes sure to smile at people and talk to them. You also notice that the people coming through this queue seem to really like her. Their body language changes the moment they get up to the table. And despite how tired she looks, she has an energy about her while she is serving that you remember having months ago and she somehow still has it so Nico gestures to you Alden, Brian and Tony like jump in the line seeing how uh, if uh, Dr. Ricardo if Nico's a bit uh, nervous that I'm coming forward with my thumbs up just going oh, it was great, it was great, good uh, oh, thanks hey Ned, hey Ned <laughs> Brian, do you go up as well? Yeah, I'll go up to Dot and I'll be like, oh, hey, is this all you? Oh, this, this is fantastic. You've been doing this for a while? Uh, I, I've been working with uh, Santa Cruz Helps for for a few years now. Uh, we, we do what we can. Uh, some volunteers, some of us move up to actual day job kind of thing. But yeah, uh, local, local uh, community health centers and so on. We all work together. Oh man! Can't you do it uh, one at a time. You need to take a load off. Hey, yeah, look, I'll, I'll I'll do this. You, you talk to the guys, and I'll I'll uh, you know, and he starts snapping on the, the gloves and the hairnet, mm. and he's like, no, no, you you go you go talk to uh, Doctor Ricardo and Doctor Wachowski, and oh, uh, I'll, I, I'll I'll take over. Let Let's finish up together. Many hands make light work, as as the good Lord says. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and so she works alongside you. She seems to have a little bit more energy noticing that there's four of you now here to talk to her. Tony, as you're observing all of this and you see Nico gives you kind of a wave, I'd like a listen roll from you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fail, sadly. 65 against 40. I'm guessing that the, uh, the pots and pans are kind of clattering mm-hmm. a bit or maybe the dog starts barking. You get a little bit distracted by the older gentleman with the harmonica 
because there is now someone else who is joining in by tapping on a tree stump and they seem to have a sort of impromptu little band going on it's very out of key very out of harmony but they seem to be having a good time but it, it's giving you a bit of difficulty actually tuning into what's going on around you so as you all pitch in and assist dot in passing out meals and clothes you see volunteers going around with first aid kits and wearing lanyards indicating that they're medical professionals whether nurses or nurses assistants dots chatting up a storm telling you all about uh, how they come down here every night to serve a hot meal they're trying to get money to expand it into breakfast maybe give two hot meals a day how they just started up their uh, needle exchange program and that there was a lot of resistance from the, the city council about it, but they managed to to get all the proper permits and everything. And she just she's just talking about her work. She seems to be very enthusiastic about having listening ears and people who are willing to not only listen, but to help. Finally, the cube wears down. The last person goes through the line and Dot looks around and says, uh, Okay, Betty, uh, I'm going to take my break now. Uh, I think I'm about done. And uh, another dark-haired woman nods and starts carrying dishes over to a portable sink. And Dot peels off her hairnet and her gloves, picks up a large canvas tote bag, says, uh, We can maybe go talk at one of the, the picnic tables or something. Uh, maybe a little bit quieter. Thank you all for your help. You, you've been marvelous. <laughs> You're doing good work here, Dot. We try. I don't we say try. that about a lot of people. Mm. We try. Thank you. Uh, let's and go. We have a lot to talk you, about. Sorry. She leads you over to a picnic table. Uh, you see a couple homeless folks picking up their bowls and moving over towards large trash cans and uh, just chatting with each other. Dot smiles at them as they go and she sits down. She pulls out a battered-looking smartphone. It's an older model. Cracks across the glass, very scuffed up. And she sits down and she sighs very heavily. You realize as you sit down at this table with her, she's older than you first thought. She was moving so spryly and she had such energy in the way she was talking to people. That it's not until you sit down that you realize she's probably almost 60. And she smiles half-heartedly at you all as the energy just sort of melts away into the rain. And she sighs. So, uh, I guess y'all, uh, lost your folks too, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's why, why we're here. Um, it's why we're all part of the Reddit. Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't sure that using uh, computers was, was the right thing to do, but I didn't know who else to go to. My nephew showed me how to set up the Reddits, and cause when when he Googled it, Jolene for me, he found the, the, the Reddits, and so uh, I wasn't sure it worked until I saw all y'all coming up. Uh, but... Uh, and there's a spasm of pain across her face, one that you all recognize. The, I went to the, the 
sheriff's station and they told me they weren't going to do nothing because it couldn't really be a missing person because I had no proof he left. Whereabouts is he now? I don't know. That's the thing. Because two weeks ago, he, he, he goes out one night. You know, he, he's a librarian with the UC Santa Cruz. Very good at it. He loves, loves the, the college students and, and filing books and reading things. And I'm very proud of him for getting that job. But at night, sometimes he, he likes to, to volunteer with the Santa Cruz Society of Haunts and Horrors. I've probably not heard of them, but they do ghost hunting and stuff. And, you know, I was raised right. I don't believe in that kind of nonsense, but it made him happy. And he said he was going out checking on something. He didn't tell me what. And then he came back at four o'clock in the morning saying he met some woman. Her name was Jolene. She was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. That kind of hurt, you know. Been together since high school. Sixteen. Forty-something years now. And he goes finding some pretty girl. And then he starts talking about her. Every night. Disappears during the day. Comes back. Started talking about her in his sleep. Just saying her name. And then two nights ago, when I made that that post on the Reddits, he didn't come home. Called his work. Hadn't shown up. I don't know where he is. I hope they're still here. He's all I got. I hope he's still here. And I was hoping someone could help. Since it's not just him, but why would why would some pretty young thing want to take my Tommy? That is exactly what happened to my cam. If there's something to be found, if there's a person here we can find, we will find her and we won't stop because don't let this make you feel like you've done anything wrong or like that you're not pretty enough or anything like that because well Cam had never been with a woman before. He he found them uninteresting and repulsive even which Cam is this game this there's no way it was as simple as just a romantic attraction. I I would have known what else would she want? We ain't got nothing. We're not rich. We barely make rent on a one-bedroom apartment. Maybe she's taking their organs. I don't know, but she's she's taking them. It's... She she starts looking a little frantic. No, it, hey, it's okay, uh, Dot. You've done the right thing. You you reached out to us, and and, and we're here, and we're here to help. Um, we'll so find I, her. I, I don't think it's 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 organs. My my wife, um, she. Met Jolene, but she what she didn't. She hasn't disappeared, like your respective partners 
but she fell ill. And to the moment that she fell into a vegetative state, all she did was talk about Jolene. There's something else going on here, and, and, and I think staying calm and talking about it and, and, and sharing our experiences. And, and, and Dot, did you, did you say that you, did you ever follow your uh, Tommy? Did you ever follow him out anywhere that, that we might look? She looks a little bit uncomfortable. You can see, I'm not even going to make you roll for that, Alden, because you see her body language shift a little bit. And she says, well, my mama didn't raise me to be a, a jealous woman. I, I, but, yeah, I, I, I followed him first week. I had to see what kind of, what kind of woman could take my Tommy after so many years and he was talking so strange and I, I, I followed followed him out one night he said he had to go meet someone at, at Coffee Vanna his favorite coffee shop but I knew he was going to meet her and so I snuck out I ain't never done anything like that before. It's 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 not like me, but but and she looks like she wants to say more, but she's a little afraid or embarrassed. Dot, there is no judgment here. There, there's no judgment here. We, we we have all done everything we can. You have done nothing here to be ashamed of. You you're looking out for for Tommy. We understand. Yeah, that. you did the right thing coming to us. I'm not surprised the police wouldn't help you, to be honest. If you but want something done, will. yeah, you uh, do it yourself or you get your friends in. And we're uh, your friends, Dot. I, I, I got a picture. That'd be helpful. She pulls out her phone and it takes her a minute to scroll through. And she pulls up a photo album. And she pushes the phone across to you. You can see on the cracked screen. It's a bit blurry. But there's what looks like an older man, balding, wearing a, a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. He's, his back is to the camera. And you see he's holding hands with a woman in this long blue trench coat. And she's in sort of half profile her head is turned to look at him but the camera's a little too far away to catch her completely and you see just this long wavy auburn hair pouring over her shoulders she's so pale she almost glows and there's just this ever so slight smile that you can just see the hint of on that bit of profile and Dot says, oh, she's, she's so pretty. She's a real pretty woman. She's so young. I don't know what she want with my Tommy. I don't, I don't think that's her. What, what, what do you mean? Well, uh, I've seen her too. And she doesn't look anything like that. She has short, 
black hair and, and, and olive skin. That's a different Jolene. Oh, no, when I was talking to my, my Olivia, she said that she was a small woman. She had a, a buzz cut and tattoos. She's supposed to have tattoos all over her. No, no, my Alex, my my Alex, who she took with her when she left town. He was my best friend, and then he was my partner, and then he was something a lot more. But she's dark. She's got amber eyes, dark skin, long hair, wavy, wavy dark hair. Well, clearly she's wearing disguises. Or... There's more than one of them. A cell working together. You mentioned organs. That's a possibility, but trafficking is what I'm thinking. Human trafficking. Like a Jolene cult? My wife is in the hospital. She, she, she's not being kidnapped. She... Have you checked her organs? Are they all there? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't Dot, Dot looks voice. at I'm Brian just, just pleadingly. He's like, look, I, guys, I don't think it's organs. I... My Rita, when she passed, all her organs, she had them all. She had them all in place. And look, from what I know, she was sh her Jolene was short, pale, curvy, red hair, black blue eyes. From what Rita was telling me, uh, maybe she's wearing a wig or something like that. But I mean, uh, there's definitely something more to this woman. You can't fake height. Platforms. I'd like a sanity roll from everyone as you're all having this realization. Oh. Fail for me. Oh, nice one, Newman. Shush, don't tell the keeper I just got a. <laughs> you know I can see it, right? Oh, shush, don't. Rita, don't tell the keeper. I mean, oh, God. Okay, so the two of you who succeed, you're kind of rationalizing it away, right? It's makeup, it's platform heels, it's wigs, it's something. But Alden and Brian, perhaps it's because you've watched your partners slide into coma and pass, and you've spent so much time thinking and remembering and clutching onto every last detail about this woman. You lose one point of San as you struggle to grasp the fact that there's something deeper happening here and you have no idea what. At this point, Brian lights a cigarette and his hand is visibly trembling as he does it. I, I, I don't know who, who you folks saw, but that's her. He was calling her name. It's clearly a group of women working together. It's some sort of scam. They it must be well organized, but it's yeah. it's a scam. But why? Romance scam happens a lot more than you think. Usually it's online. Usually they don't do it in person. But um, I am sorry. That's it's what a, it's looking like to me. If it's a scam, wouldn't they want something? Money. Something we had, I mean, they didn't take anything from Rita except our love for each other. Yeah, That's Alden all she took. Gets up from the table and, and just kind of turns away as he's like in his bag, 
you, you kind of like popping some plastic cup and kind of crunches a little thing in his mouth and he's just as he's crunching it just kind of says romance scam what 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 are they what are they taking i mean apart from your your partners i mean my 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 wife she's in the hospital nothing has been taken from her except her her consciousness you can't take that from someone Keeper, could I do a medicine or spot hidden roll to see what kind of pills um, Alden is popping? <laughs> you absolutely can. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the medicine on that one, which is a success. Alden, what are you taking? Oh no, I'm I'm taking um, uh, a little home cocktail of uh, two Xanax uh, and three Pro Plus. So, um, staying, I need to stay awake with the Pro Plus, the caffeine tablets, but the Xanax is just, just with the set with the sanity moment. This just, he just needs to maintain his calm. I am going to throw a, a non judgmental raised eyebrow in your direction. Non judgmental, okay. And Dot just kind of blinks slowly. There's a lot of information coming in. And you can tell she seems a bit overwhelmed. Um, well, listen, the reason I'm asking for y'all's help is because I spent all my spare time looking. It's been two weeks now and since he didn't come home. But I, I, I gotta work. I got my second job and she looks at her phone. 20 minutes. Uh, if I If I don't if if I don't go to the Burger King, I I, I don't get paid, and I'm already struggling to make rent this month. And as much as I want to find him, Dot, I, I, I gotta work. I got I gotta I gotta pay the bills. It's okay, we'll handle it, Dot. And we'll we'll get in touch. Uh, we find him. Uh, all right. Um, she pulls out this battered old wallet. Says, "If if you want to talk talk to the society, they're the ones who sent him out." Uh, I got a business card here somewhere. And she, she pulls out a battered-looking card. Uh, it's very inexpertly designed. Uh, it says Santa Cruz Society of Haunts and Horrors. And it says Mike Perez and Tommy uh, Tommy Perkins. And then a phone number. And then in big Comic Sans letters, it says no tip unanswered. So, uh, Tommy designed that. He was very proud of it uh but maybe michael knows something he's a good kid um address on the back if you want to go talk to them you could go to the library at the university they're open all hours of the night you know kids doing things other than studying if you ask me but uh, coffee shop or i don't know i don't know where he is uh that's all i can think of did Tommy have a cell phone, maybe a laptop, computer, tablet? More information we have about his recent activity, what he was doing, who he was talking to, the better. He, he had a old laptop. He called it a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know what that means, but uh, it might be at his at his work because it, it weren't at home. And he took his phone with him and it it's turned off. I had one of those little uh, 
family apps on it where you can keep track of where folks is because I worry and, and it's turned off. But he's got a computer somewhere. Okay. She stands up, picks up her canvas tote bag, says, I, 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 I gotta go. They, they take off an hour if you show up late. Need that 1675. We'll be in touch, Doc. You got my phone number, so... Okay, thanks, folks. I, I really appreciate it. You, you, you some good people. And I hope you find your answers, too. And she moves away quickly, and you can see from your point, Brian and Alden, that she's trying not to cry. Uh, like, she's moving herself out of here quickly so that she can keep herself together. And as she leaves the encampment, you see it's getting a little bit more overcast. The rain is getting more from drizzle into actual rain at this point. The harmonica has stopped. You can hear a baby crying somewhere, dogs barking. I'd like you all to give me a listen roll. Oh my god. I've just is that four fails? Role. That's four fails. Oh, fails all round, yeah. Did Newman just get another Goodness. 98? Stop <laughs> calling me out! I won't survive the intro! <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing that's not a fumble, because I, your yeah. skill is 50. Yeah. So, honestly. honestly it, 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 it's very hard to hear things, and you notice you don't even hear much in the way of traffic. It's just very quiet, other than the baby crying and all of the dogs barking and everything. And swear you heard something moving somewhere, but you're not sure. It's hard to tell. There's so many people around here. But as you're all trying to figure out what to do and where to go and thinking about all this information you just learned, what you do hear in the now almost eerie quiet is Jolene? It's this quiet voice on the wind. Jolene? Jolene? Coming from the other side of camp, maybe? Just this name over and over. Looking at the others, can we? Can I see in their faces that they hear this? You definitely see it in mine. Well, you all hear it, so. Mm -hmm. Who's saying? Who said that? You you hear that? Quiet, quiet. Don't let them know we heard it. Would you try to Don't follow it? it? Yeah, Keeper. but quiet. Keeper, was it? Is there any way of knowing whether it was a man's voice or a woman's voice? Or? It sounded pretty feminine, you'd say. Can I push my listen roll? Yes, please. How are you? How are you pushing this? I'm going to, after the detective, who is the most qualified person to uh, direct us on this, I'm going to ignore what the, the detective said. And I'm just going to run in the direction that I think it's coming from. Okay. I, as your keeper, must remind you that failed push rolls are bad. 
but please push it. Right. That's a fail. That's <laughs> a... Why did everybody say yes? Tony um... is just shaking his head slowly. <laughs> After 77 so, over 50. Alden, you go running off in the direction of this voice. But the problem is that you're so focused on trying to follow the voice that you don't notice the muddy patch until you run into it and you slip and fall and land on your back and hit your head into mm. the mud. And you are now covered in mud. People are staring at you. And I'd like a power roll. Oh. <laughs> Mud. That is a success. 28 over 50. Okay. So the rain feels suddenly very cold for a moment as you lie in the mud, still hearing the name Jolene drifting through the air. But it, it's outdoors. There's a cold wind off the Pacific in September. It, it's fine. The rest of you see Dr. Wachowski go running off, slip and fall, and almost uh, Three Stooges style uh, land in a puddle of mud. I'm going to immediately run after him and, and pick him up. I'm going to say, come on, come on, man, spell it out. Walk it out, oh, come on. Sorry. <laughs> I did myself there. <clears throat> what the hell are you doing running off like that? I, um, I, you, you, <coughs> you, heard, you heard it. I heard it, but I'm not going to start chasing through some field of tents and slipping over ass over tit in some mud. Sorry, I just I, I just had to do something. I I, I uh, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Detective um, Tony? Tony walks over quietly. Um, you, I mean, this, this is your this is your field, right? A de detecting? Uh, what, what, what should we do? Where, where, where are we going? Well, I think the stealthy approach is uh, out of bounds now. And as, as, you, as you say that, you can see in front of you uh, that just a little bit ahead of you, there's one of these trees that has a blanket draped over one of the branches, making a sort of makeshift tent. And sitting outside of it, there is a young person, maybe 19, 20, who's now staring at you very strangely. They're in ratty jeans and an oversized t-shirt with holes in it. But sitting next to them is what looks like a teenage girl, maybe 18, 19. And she is staring straight ahead in profile to you, straight ahead. She doesn't even blink when you fall and get up and start calling for Tony, Alden. And you see her mouth moving. And you hear the name Jolene louder. Um, hey, um, uh, and I kind of just wave at the others and, and kind of point. Uh, excuse me, uh, mi miss? Uh, um, are, you, are you okay? So you go up to the tree? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are all of you going up in this direction? Mm -hmm. Hesitantly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hesitantly. So the the young woman doesn't react at all 
to your approach, to you speaking to her, Alden, nothing. She's just sitting there. She's barefoot, jeans, a hoodie. You can see as you all approach that her hair is dry and brittle. It looks unwashed. Her cheeks are hollowed out. She looks malnourished. And the young person sitting next to her looks up from a haze of what is very obviously cheap weed and said, uh, hey dudes, uh, do you know her? Um, I'm, I'm looking at the others. Uh, this is, this is, um, is she pointing at her f- friend, the other girl sat under the tree? Mm-hmm. Pointing to the girl under the tree. Uh, uh, no. Do you know, is she a friend? She seems familiar. Look, 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 dudes, uh, she just came into camp yesterday, and, like, she just kept saying the name of this, I guess, a chick. And she was by herself, and I didn't want her, like, kind of just sitting by people by herself, because that gets, like, dangerous. So I brought her over here, and I've been watching, just to make sure she's okay, like, you know, and I offered her some weed, and she just keeps staring right that way and saying, Jolene, I don't think she even sleeps. Hey, you, you, you did the right thing, taking care of her. Uh, uh, just, uh, do you know if she's taken anything recently? And as I say, as Brian says, she's going to bend down and, and, and mm-hmm. look really closely into the girl's eyes to see if the pupil's dilated mm-hmm. or anything like that. Give me a spot hidden with a bonus die, because you're getting up and close. Uh, that is a hard success. Fantastic. So the first thing you notice as you get up and close is she's got really nasty sunburns all over her face, her neck, any exposed skin. The skin is peeling and an angry red. It's almost third degree sunburns. And her feet are blistered and bleeding in places. And her eyes have the glassy stare of an addict. But you can't see any track marks. You can't see anything she might have taken. But she's not all here. And as you lean in close, you hear, I've been looking so long. I found you. You're here. Don't leave me, Jolene. And as she says that, you all see her back arch and her head lolls back and she starts convulsing, going into a full body epileptic seizure, thrashing on the ground. She begins to foam at the mouth and the other young person pulls away wide eyed and she's just shaking and convulsing and choking on the ground. Brian immediately is like, he's like, everyone get back. And he's looking for anything on the ground that she might hit her head on or anything like that. And he's like, he's like, just give us some space. Give us some space. Everyone back away. It's it's fine. It, 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 it shouldn't last long. Just 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 give her some space. Uh, uh, Brian, should I, should I call an ambulance? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Call, an, call an ambulance. I'm going to take a few steps away. And as I call the ambulance, I'm going to try and look in the direction that she was staring in. Hey, 
the direction she's staring in looks to be going off towards the horizon. It's a little hard for you to tell, Alden, because you're not from here. You don't know what buildings or places or, or anything might be in that direction, except going more towards the coastline. Uh, but I make the call to the to yeah. the ambulance. So, Brian, you clear away rocks and tree branches and things. Maybe roll up something to put under her head. The young person offers you a very tattered-looking coat in case it'll help. Uh, and you hear the crack of her shoulder, perhaps going out of joint or breaking as she convulses. And for you... Alden and Brian, this is excruciatingly painful because you have seen this before. This is exactly what happened before Olivia and Rita entered their comas. Brian, you remember her dragging her into the ER, carrying her, calling for someone as she convulsed and she thrashed, holding her down on the bed as someone tried to stop the seizure and then unable to prevent whatever it was that was causing this before she slumped and fell back and slipped into a coma. I'm going to assume, I mean, I'm going to assume that me and Alden have already chatted a lot about our partners and things like that, so I'm just going to look at him as he glances back and just give him this look with my eyes that's just like, again, this is happening again. And Nico and Tony, you see the girl just sort of collapse back and her eyes roll back in her head and she passes out. Alden, you can't get through to anyone on your phone. There's very poor phone signal in this area. And every time you think you've managed to call someone, you hear, uh, hello? Location? Help? And one of the volunteers from Santa Cruz Helps has now come running up, carrying a first aid kit. And they just sort of push you aside, Nico and Tony, and they're going up towards her, and they look at you, Brian, and they nod a thank you. Uh, um, okay, if everyone can move back. Uh, sir, I, I don't bother calling 911. Even when we do get through to them, they don't send anybody down here. I'm just going to take her to the hospital. Uh, okay. God. Hey, guys, guys, have uh, you got anything? Uh, IV drip. She needs, she needs fluids. She, look at her. She's been in the sun for days. Mm -hmm. Like, Get her some fluids. Yeah, I, I, um, we gave her some, some electrolytes when she first came in, but she, and you look and you see there's just a what looks like a Gatorade bottle with liquid in it, not Gatorade. The label's been torn off. It she hasn't touched it. Um, I'm just gonna take her to Dominican, and they start wrapping her up in a blanket, checking her pulse and everything. Maybe they can get an IV, and we don't have the equipment here. Uh, but thank you. Okay. No, no needles. You didn't see anything. Uh, okay, no. that's no. helpful. Thank you. And they pick her up and they start running out. And the other young person who was who said they were watching over her just looks up, wide eyed, goes, "I, I didn't do anything. I, 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 like I didn't do nothing. She was just 
It's okay. Is she okay? Yeah. Uh, she's with the right people now. I, 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 yeah, we, we, we saw we saw what happened. Okay. And, um, Whoa. I hope she's okay, man. Did she, and, did, she, hmm? did she say anything else to you uh, apart from... Just kept saying that name, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you want you want some? And he holds out a a little rolled up uh bit of Mary Jane. Um, no, no, thank okay. you. I'll, I'll I'll pass. Thank you. We're good. Um, Nico and and Tony, you can both give me spot hidden rolls. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> if roll twenty will let you. Ooh. Extreme. Oh, another fail for Tony. I think okay. Nico has been just looking around really yeah. nervously. He doesn't know what to do with the situation, but at least he can look around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you look around, Nico, and you see on the ground close to this bottle of what looks like a sports drink, but partially hidden by this the blanket that's hung over the tree branch is what looks like a wallet. Small, beat-up wallet. Uh, that over there is—is is that hers? The the wallet. Uh, can I, can I, can I take a look? It's not mine, man. It's, no one else been over here. Maybe it's hers. Uh, yeah. cool. <laughs> He's gonna reach over and pick it up. <laughs> so you pick up the wallet, and inside you find an expired driver's license from Washington State. It expired nine months ago. And the name on it is Sarah Watkins. And based on the birth date, she's 19. And the picture is definitely of her? Yes. Right. Only in a much healthier state. Okay. There's a couple expired credit cards there's a hundred dollar bill in the wallet that hasn't been touched. Mm. And there's a picture of a golden retriever. And that's it. Well, looks like her name is Sarah. Oh. So it's not Jolene. Okay. Thank God, no. Okay. I'm just going to kind of almost, in a, in a very lovely way, but not, in a, not in an aggressive way, just kind of almost put my hand on uh, Nico's back, uh, Dr. Ricardo's back, and, and almost kind of nod to Tony and Brian and just, just move away from this uh, young gentleman <laughs> so that we can talk um, almost to ourselves for a second. Okay. Uh, Nico, um, I've been thinking... We, uh, I'm sure if we had the chance to speak to um, Sarah, you said uh, her name was. Uh, I I don't think she'd be given as a description of of, of Jolene that, that any of us recognize. Um, no. Nico, th- this is uh, hard <laughs> for me to say. Um, your your. Uh, your specialty, your 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 ballpark. 
have you ever come across anything like this? Ah, uh, well, I, it, I believe that there's a way to explain everything. I am a theoretical researcher and there's nothing about this that makes me feel that this is not just humans playing mind games with each other. And I see in, in Sarah's driving license that she is from Washington State. So perhaps this Jolene uh, cult is using people to, to travel. Maybe they don't have valid driver's licenses and they need someone to get them through borders. I don't know, but what I know is that I will find out and it's... But if we... But you do, you do make a point. We should go talk to those ghost hunting yeah, uh, people. Mike uh, Perez, um, you, you'd, know, you'd know what he's talking about, right? Because... Well, ghost, uh, ghost hunting and, and, and that kind of thing, right? I'm like looking at the others, like kind of like eyebrows up, like right, guys. Right, guys. I I don't see the I don't see the ghost connection. No, yeah, no. but they found her while he was out ghost hunting. That's the main thing to focus on. My reader wasn't into ghosts. She didn't care about the paranormal. Any of, any of your partners care about the. No, Ghosts no, but no. but uh, if if we go and see Mike, who was with Tommy, um, uh, Dot's husband, um, might have seen her. N yeah, and Nico will we'll know if if Mike's legit because there's no such thing as legit ghost hunters. It's like saying like kids playing cops and robbers are legit cops and robbers. They're just a game, a glorification okay. of a thing that is uh, that is ancient and very much knowable. And this is noble, and we will understand what is happening, and we will find a, a way to end it all. Uh, hey, 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 is, hey! Come on, yeah. if we, we'll call Zach Baggins, and we're gonna we're gonna sort it all out. We're gonna we're gonna maybe maybe she was part of the group. Maybe that's how they met, right? Let's just let's maybe. just suss it out. Let's It'll see. Yeah, I really want to get my hands on Tommy's computer. Yeah, well, the dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like Mike Perez is <laughs> um is may maybe our our next stop. We've got a few places we could go. We go to the library. I'd like to hit the library as well. Yeah, we never get his, know. We get his mm -hmm. dinosaur. Maybe a lot of the stuff's on it. We could go to the Dominican hospital. We could check out, yes. talk to Sarah when she comes too. I mean, there's the coffee shop. I mean, I could do with some caffeine. Um, yeah. Do we, do we split yeah. up or I is mean that place it, too? Yeah. <laughs> Just sort of walks away from the group a little bit. Just takes a moment. Just like, I, uh, uh, um, Tony, uh, shall I? Uh, if I if I go with you, maybe we could speak to Mike. Or I, uh, Nico. I don't know. I just I'm I, whatever whatever best suits the group. I I will go with whatever uh, best helps everybody. I feel like, you know, if if they insist on talking about ghosts, at least it's best for if someone who knows how to. Tell them that they're wrong. Is there? I'm more there to see if 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 he believes what he's saying is true. I mean, I'm sure he does. 
But it's about not convincing you two. We don't want to get derailed. I think we should all go to different places and give the keeper a really easy game to run. Well, I guess I'm going to Washington <laughs> State. I'll see you guys in a bit. I would like to go see Sarah's childhood home. And the dog. Find the dog. Newman, yes, Newman, the yeets, dog. Newman yeets himself out of the game. Um, <laughs> Ryan actually would be the one to say, look, guys, we're all, we're all going to stick together on this. So whatever we're going to do, let's go do it together. Okay. Uh, okay, so you're all going together versus splitting up. Tony, you're the detective. Where are we going? Do you know, I think we should split up, but into two groups, cover more ground that way. I always worked with a partner before, um, well, you know what happened. You had it happen too. Wherever you want us to go. All right. So I'm going to take the, uh, the, the, the ghost hunter. Because if that's where the computer is, that's where I'm going to be. Dr. Nico, you said you wanted to also speak to the ghost hunter. You want to come with me? Uh, I will, yes. Right. Good. we got a plan. The other two? Brian Alden, what's your preference? I think we got a laptop to find. That's mm -hmm. right. Well, that's so are I'm you going to the, the university then, the two of you? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. If uh, if if um, Alden is happy and if Tony demands it, did uh, did Dot say that the computer was at the the workplace at the ghost hunting place? Was that right? She, she said she wasn't sure that it might be at work, which would be the library at UC Santa oh, Cruz. Well, that's me getting but, confused then. Yeah. So t she wasn't sure. Mike could have it. She said maybe check his work for it. But she has no way to know where it is because it's turned off. Right. So I think we're going to go to the u university. Mm -hmm. To the library at the uni. Me and you, Newman. Anything can happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you decide to split up with Nico and Tony going to talk to the ghost hunters and Alden and Brian going towards the university. So as you leave the camp and head towards your two respective vehicles, Tony, I'd like a power roll from you. Ooh, intriguing. A power roll. Hey, that is a success of 34 against 40. As you're moving towards your car, Tony, and the rain is getting a little bit harder, not, not too strong. You've had worse in San Antonio. But you hear all around you, Tony. Tony? Baby? Come on. I'm here, baby. Come be with us forever. Alex? Yeah, we're here. We're here. Uh, Come on. No, where are you? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not hearing this. Where are you? Tony? Tony, are you, are you okay? Gosh, shush, shush, no, no, I, I heard something. I Come can't hear anything. Al we can Alex. be together forever. N no like, one's here, Tony, just us. I can and hear him. You stop hearing the voice, but you just hear Tony just kind of trailing off into the ether, and I'd like a sanity roll from you. 
Oh, as a reminder, past powers are not always good. Oh, lovely. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, that's a fail of forty-three. Okay. So you lose two points of Sam. Nice. As the voice dies away into the rain and the wind. So, young I, Nico, Tony's talking to the air. I thought I heard him. Uh, I thought I heard Alex. I won't lie, Tony. I'm a little bit con concerned about you, especially after, you know, the Jolene thing we're dealing with. Mm. There, there was no mention of a jo Jolene, was there? No. No, he, he just called my name and he said, come be with us. Okay, well, uh, we'll find him. If he's here, we're going to find him. Just uh, let's try and concentrate on finding Jolene as well. and We'll find him. He can't be here. I, I must be hearing things. Uh, drugs. Maybe that's what Jolene's doing. Maybe, maybe she's, she's drugging them, drugging her victims. We could smell smoke in the air. Uh, maybe you feel it's like drugs? passive smoking, you know? Hmm. I, I, I don't know. How yeah, maybe it's I contagious. You feel a bit cold, Tony. Okay. And you are absolutely, on that failed sand roll, 100% certain it was Alex. Okay. No doubt in your mind. Ooh. All right. Yes, he's uh, he's trying to make it sound as though he's being rational about these things. But yeah, that little clutch at his heart, which says that was him. That was Alex. But it doesn't make any sense. It does not. So as you're getting into your car and driving off to the Santa Cruz Society of Haunts and Horrors, let's have a look in on Alden and Brian as they're driving down to the university. So you see Santa Cruz isn't that far away. Just It only takes you about 15 minutes to drive there, which is a lot to Europeans, I know. But you see this beautiful campus. And a reminder that American campuses tend to be all in one place, not spread out across the city. So even in the rain, it's lush. It's green. It's a stark contrast to the place you just came from. There's large trees and fountains. There's students hurrying around in the rain. Most of them aren't even bothering with umbrellas because what's the point? You see a young couple giggling and making out under a tree as you pull into the parking lot. There's this massive building that you know to be the library, McHenry Library, and it's beautiful in its architecture with all these windows for natural light and well-manicured grounds. No one's sitting outside on the steps at this moment, probably because of the drizzle, but you do see people moving around inside. It is a university library. It's likely to be open most of the night. And you can walk inside. So you go into the library. There's this long hallway with one section of the library off to one side, another section to the other side. And there are a few students milling around, a couple sitting, charging their phones on the floor with the, an outlet plugged into the wall. 
There's a couple looking very studious behind raised books. Potted plants, real and otherwise. And down towards the left, you can see there is, in this hallway, a door marked staff only. And beyond that is what looks like the main entrance to the library. And there is a very stern looking woman behind a desk in a hijab watching everyone. What do you do? Is is there anything uh, on the walls in terms of like a floor plan or like uh, a, a list of offices or anything like that? Mm -hmm. So there is a floor plan, mostly marked with fire exits. There is just a note of which parts uh, or which sections of books are in which areas so you know where to go. Bathrooms are marked, all that sort of thing. There aren't any real offices in this building because it's the library. Uh, but there's the main stacks, which is the direction of the very stern-looking woman. Study rooms, quiet study, staff, all that sort of thing. I'll turn to Alden uh, and say, Hey man, how about I go and chat to this lady and maybe while I'm doing that, maybe you can sneak in this door. More staff. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, like, be quick, right? Be quick. Uh, so sne sneaking in the door, uh, nice and quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, are you, do, should I talk to the, the woman and, and you sneak in quick? Hey, man, if you, if you want to do it that way, that's fine. I mean, whatever you, whatever you want, right? I'm just thinking maybe some of his stuff's in that room. Maybe, maybe the dinosaur is in there, right? But, Either you way, seem to can... know what you're uh, what you're looking for, so uh, maybe um, right, maybe right. I'll speak to the the, the lady, um, and you do the sneaking. Yeah, I don't need a psychology role for that one. I'm like, okay, right. I, I, <laughs> yeah, the look I, on his face is I'm very clear. Incredibly well. I see where this is going. Okay, well, look, if you you want to go and chat to that lady, that's uh, yeah. fine, and maybe uh, I'll, I'll just keep an eye out, and then I'll, you know. Should I, uh, should I say uh, that we're here because we know Tommy, or should, should I um, play? Uh, just, is it, is it in academia? Say you're, say you're like a, say you're a friend of Dots, man. Maybe, maybe you know they must know he's gone missing. Say that maybe you're here to pick up his stuff, or, or, yeah. or, or she, you know, maybe he left somewhere at the office that Dot wanted. I mean, I don't know. Come on, you wanted to talk to the woman. You yeah, come yeah, up no, with your own no, story, I, no, I, yeah, I, no, I, 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 yeah, okay, I can do this. Okay, so Alden, you amble up to the desk in your attempts at distracting this woman. She's standing very neatly. She is impeccably dressed. She looks at you over her glasses at the end of her nose. She's wearing a name tag that says Maryam Barami. And she says, can I help you? Um. Hello, uh, um, Ms. Barami. Um, my name is, uh, I, I'm Dr. Wachowski. Um, I'm, uh, um, I'm, I'm a psychiatrist. I'm, I'm, I'm here from, um, a, a, like an academic, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm here from, from Michigan. Uh, but I'm, I'm also here, uh, for a friend, and I, I thought I'd come and introduce myself. Um, um, uh, Dot, uh, uh, Dottie Perkins, um, she, she mentioned you. She said I should swing by, so I thought I'd come and say hi. I, I hope I'm not interrupting. 
Perkins. And she lifts her glasses slightly. Any relation to Tommy? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Tommy's, uh, Tommy's partner. Do you know where he is? Uh, He's no. missed work two days in a row. Yeah, and and you know I'm Dot's real worried, and 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 that's why I'm I'm here to help as well. Uh, um, give me a charm or persuade, whichever okay. you're better at, and if you succeed, you'll give Brian a bonus die for sneaking into the staff room. <laughs> okay, I think I'm gonna go with charm, and I failed. That would <laughs> do be. Do you want to push the roll? Eighty. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, count on Newman for a push. <laughs> so I'm gonna, um, I'm I'm gonna remember the stakes here. I'm gonna remember uh, about my wife, about everybody else that's lost someone, and I'm just gonna find this resolve. I'm gonna lean into mm-hmm. the the Xanax and the Pro Plus that's giving me this edge. I I, I wipe the sweat off my forehead. Uh, I pull my glasses down slightly, and I lean on the desk. Um, so, uh, uh, Miriam, I'm I'm uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of libraries, and I see you spend a lot of time in this library. I think uh, you and I, and I'm I'm like uh, like wrestling my wedding ring off as I'm saying this, um, and I'm like swallowing hard, and I just feel terrible doing this. Um, and I'm I just I feel Miriam that that you and I have a lot in common, and there's a there's a lot of knowledge. That head of yours, and I would, I would love to get inside that head of yours, Miriam. That's not creepy at all. Give me a, sle- okay. a sleaze roll. <laughs> yeah, sleaze. <laughs> all right, push that charm roll. Okay. With a penalty die, could put me. I'm a generous guy. <laughs> oh, it's a fail. I'd say that's 97. That's worse. Uh, that's worse. <laughs> Um, oh Newman! Yeah, um, so that's a ninety-seven over sixty-five. Okay. She straightens up, and she gets that very stern look of a librarian when people are talking too loudly in the library. And she lifts her hand to adjust her hijab, and you see the wedding ring. And she says. I find this highly inappropriate. Me too. And she she turns, uh, she turns in the direction of the hallway. And so we'll see Brian if you're able to get into the staff room before she notices you. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I'm not sure what to use. So. My base level of twenty stealth or my base level of one locksmith. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the the twenty. Let's go with the twenty. Um, Remember, you do have luck that you can spend if you need to. That is true. Oh, not that much luck. Not that's that a, much. That's a big oh. fail. I set that mm. up for you, mate. I, can I, I push? Set that up can I push that roll by cringing into my own skin when I'm hearing Newman speak? <laughs> Yes. Not Newman speak. Alden Wachowski. Alden Wachowski speak. Yes, sorry. Newman has yes. 99 charm. <laughs> uh, that's one way to put it, Newman. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go badly, isn't it? It's gonna this terrible. is going to go so badly. Okay, I love so I'm it. like, I'm like really 
really like against the the door, sort of trying to get the door frame in view of the librarian. I'll give you a bonus die because I like the image of Brian cringing away from Alden <laughs> <laughs> as he's overhearing this. I might actually. Need it probably that. won't help with base of twenty, but oh my god! So even with oh. the bonus die, that's a, a complete fail. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Miss Barami looks down the hallway and s- she looks at you, Alden, and she looks at Brian. Are you two together? No. No. <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> uh, is, this the, is this the bathroom? I too am married. <laughs> are, are you just angling <laughs> for the cops to show up? Just, please leave. Sorry. I'm Go going on. to call campus security. And she turns away towards the phone. So, I will allow you, Brian, to slip into the staff room, but you are going to have very limited time to get in and out before campus security shows up. Excellent. I, I just mm-hmm. I just bust in that, and I'm, I'm like looking around uh, for, for, I mean, obviously just a giant sort of like, you know, 2010 zero laptop. Yeah, so you see main staff area with like coffee maker, tea, a fridge, that sort of thing. And then off to your right is a smaller room with a row of lockers and names neatly printed on them. So you'll easily be able to find Tommy's. Brilliant. So I, I you run over to them. I'm just like scanning down it. Hopefully mm-hmm. find the one. So we'll leave you there for the moment and switch back over to Tony and Nico, who are hopefully having a better evening. <laughs> so... You drive a little bit further out, about 30 minutes, and you put the address from the card into Google Maps, and it's a little surprising because you turn into a neighborhood, not a row of businesses or downtown buildings, but an actual neighborhood, and it is a nice neighborhood. The homes look Victorian and very well kept. The lawns are also manicured. There's no cars on the street because the homes have garages. There's no children's toys lying around. There's no noise, really. And you'd estimate the cheapest of these homes probably costs two million. But you drive down to the end of this cul-de-sac and there's an imposing Victorian brownstone with a very neat fence around it and a bedraggled sign in the rain that says, For the Santa Cruz Society of Haunts and Horrors, please use the side entrance. How can a couple of small-time ghost hunters afford a place like this? Maybe they rent in the basement. Hmm. Shall we? After you. If I must. You must. <laughs> so you go around to the side, and there is what was probably a servant's entrance back in the era when this home was first built, with a couple stairs leading down to the door, and then there's a doorbell, and there's a sign on the door. It 
in copper plate that says Santa Cruz Society of Haunts and Horrors with an exclamation point at the end. And if you ring the bell, you hear a sudden shuffle inside. And then a minute later, the door opens and there is a very excitable, tall, lanky young man with a shock of dark hair that is very obviously gelled to look like he woke up this way. But he probably used half a container of hair paste to get it to look like that. He wears a very simple pair of jeans and a t-shirt that are so simple that they probably cost 600 bucks. And loafers. And he's bouncing a little bit on the balls of his feet. He says, Santa Cruz Society of Haunts and Horrors, how can I help you? Do you have a tip? And he looks expectantly at both of you. The words trust fund kid flash across Tony's mind. Just a little bit. Uh, Just a bit. Is this uh, Mike? Yeah, Mike Perez. Nice to meet you. Come on nice in. Come on in. Don't, don't stand out in the rain. And he ushers you inside. You have to go down a couple steps. Uh, you see a large basement that looks like it's been renovated to be a one-room sort of flat. Uh, there's a big screen TV with a couple nice couches, but pizza boxes scattered everywhere. There's six empty cans of Monster on the ground. There's a little kitchenette in the back. And then there's a set of computer monitors on a really nice looking desk, one of those corner desks that goes around part of the room, and a really fancy gaming chair and a filing cabinet. And that section of this space is immaculate. No pizza boxes, no drinks, not even a glass of water on the desk. And he bounces a little bit uh, on the balls of his feet. So uh, how can I help you? No tip left uninvestigated. Are you here about the Bay Area Sasquatch? No. No, we're, oh. we're not here okay. for the Sasquatch. Uh, can you tell us, when was the last time you saw Tommy Perkins? Oh, okay. Did Dot send you? Nice lady. Really big fan of Dot. We've spoken okay. to her. Okay. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy, man. Like, don't know what's come over him. He's got my good camera. Have you seen him? He went off with my camera. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Focus, focus, Mike. Focus. Uh, yeah, he went out a couple weeks ago because we got a tip through the website. And, you know, we check up on every single tip. But we got a tip that the white lady had been seen. And so he went off to investigate that. And then he didn't come back the same night. And I got a little worried, like maybe he had a car accident or something. And then he came back a couple days later, but he didn't have my camera. And he was just talking about this chick. And I told him he was being nuts because why would he leave Dot for, for some girl? And then last time I saw him was four, five? five days ago, maybe, at Coffee Vanna, and that was the last time I saw him, and I've been trying to call him, and he's not answering his phone, and... yeah. Huh. Uh, so, uh, can, can just, we, like, flood of words. <laughs> can we, uh, see that the tip you mentioned? Is, do you keep files, or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one moment. 
and he whips around and goes back over to this really neat office space and he pulls a set of files out from his filing cabinet and he flips through and he says okay uh as he's flipping through uh, do, do you know about the white lady like is that a thing that you know about like i've met a few because it, it's like not really my cool. not my time <laughs> We're from oh that's out a joke right <laughs> That that was funny. Okay, um, so so he pulls out this file and turns around and he's still talking. It's like he doesn't have a filter to stop himself from talking. He's, okay, so uh, so a, a lot of towns have their white ladies, right? Like this is a very common ghost story. Like there's a, a lady who's dressed in white usually, and she haunts like a house or a cemetery and she's supposed to be have been murdered maybe by her husband or something nobody really knows but the thing with the santa cruz white lady is that she is the one with the most documented sightings in the entire country and she usually haunts this old house up by ocean street although sometimes she's seen down near the pajaro river and sometimes she's just wandering around on the street and he pulls out a few black and white photos older ones they look to be about 100 years old and he pushes them over to you it's just old pictures of this blurry sort of shape you can see what looks like maybe a bit of a human outline but disappearing into the trees and and we got some of these and he pushes some night vision photos over to you and they're also pretty blurry but they're very similar he says so so we've been checking it out right like every time someone sends a tip we find it and then Two weeks ago, we got this tip on the website. Have you seen our website? Tommy was working on it. It's really cool. And so, like, okay, what was I saying? Yes, the website. We got a tip, okay? And so it said the white lady was seen down at the hook. Do you know what the hook is? You're not from here, are you? No. Do you know who Jack O'Neill is? Famous surfer? Revolutionized surfing? No? Okay. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, so the hook is like this bit of beach down near Jack O'Neill's house, and and people go surfing there all the time. It's a, it, it's really nice. It's a bit secluded, like it's a bit harder to get down to, and 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 someone said that they'd seen the white lady there, and well, she's never been seen by the beach before, so like that was just whoa. If we could prove that she moves around, and is not just in that one area, like that would have been really big. And I was already working on a on a blog post for the website about her, and then this whole thing came in. But I had to go to a stupid dinner with my parents for like the mayor or something. Do you so have Tommy the files do for it. us to see? Uh... Oh, oh, yeah. Like you interrupt his flow of words, <laughs> and he seems to like static out for a moment, and goes, "Uh, yeah." And he pushes a whole file folder over to you. Uh, thank you. So like. Tommy said he was going to go check it out because I had to go to the stupid dinner thing and he took my camera and then he didn't come back. We'll try and find him. We'll try. Cool. I mean, he, he's a nice guy, right? Like, he helped me start this thing up and, like, I use the money and then he does all the cool stuff and the research at the library for all the, 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 the things we look into. Like, have you heard about the boardwalk vampires? I'm afraid we we don't really have have the time. We're a, we're a bit a bit of a time tight schedule, but maybe we'll we'll look at your website. Cool. Later. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, but like, can we take we these files? Uh, yeah. If you bring them back, I mean, I've got them digitized, but it's really helpful to have physical evidence of things because when people doubt you, you need to show them the actual physical copies because then they can't accuse you of photoshopping stuff. Yeah. 
And he's yeah, still uh-huh. talking. He's still well, talking uh, as he hands it over. <laughs> we'll bring them back, hopefully, uh, alongside Tommy and your camera. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, like, have you seen that Jolene chick? Oh. Is, is, is she the white lady? I mean, unless Tommy's hooking up with a ghost, I don't think so. But, like, she's hot. Have you seen her? What does she yeah, look like? like? Auburn hair. At least I think it's Auburn. It's huh. like kind of reddish. And mm-hmm. really cool trench coat, man. And she was wearing a white dress, come to think of it. Mm. Huh. But she can't be a ghost, because she was a real person. <laughs> but yeah, I went to find Tommy, because he had my camera, and he was at Coffee Vanna, and he was talking to her, and yeah. But he wouldn't talk to me. And she got up and she left and he followed her. The guy's and obsessed, then... man. No one saw him again. Okay, well, uh, thank you for your help, Mike. Uh, Tony, did, did you have anything else to ask? No, I think we got everything. Cool, cool, cool. Shall we go to uh, the library uh, and give these a, a little read? Yeah, yeah. Let me know if you get yes. my camera. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. Keep me in touch. Thanks for your help. I'm sure you need it a lot financially. <laughs> it's a good camera. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you head back out into the rain. And we'll go back to the library where Brian is desperately trying to get things before uh, Alden's horrible flirtation gone wrong causes problems. So, Brian, you find Tommy's locker, and you pull it open, and I'd like a dexterity roll. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, that is a fail. <laughs> I am so working you pull... my magic out here, I... and you fail. Can I push, can I push that one? Uh, this is more of a passive role okay. because you're not expecting to be doing something. This is more me asking for a reaction. Mm-hmm. So this is not something you could really push here. Because you yank open the locker door and you're in a hurry. You're in a rush. You're not really expecting anything to happen. And you hear a shattering of glass as what looks like a laptop and a camera and a stack of papers come falling out of the locker and land on the ground at your feet. Is the glass the laptop screen? The laptop's closed, and it does look like it's probably from 2010, 2011, one of those old Lenovo laptops. Uh, but the camera is definitely smashed. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just grab it all. Uh, I, I okay. just sort of like... I, uh, I guess I'm wearing like a, a jacket. I'm going to try and stuff as mm-hmm. much of it in the jacket and like zip it up, and then as quick as I can just make for the uh, make for the exit. Okay, so Brian hurries out. Alden, you catch a glimpse out of the corner of your eye of Brian running for the exit. Uh, um, so uh, um, thank you uh, for your, for the the time and the interest i'm just going to, can i come back to the library or is that campus security i'll go yes i'm, I'm going um <laughs> i'm i'm take care uh, be well uh, and i'll just kind of jog awkwardly out realizing i'm still probably quite covered in mud uh in my quite mm. fancy um kind uh-huh. of you know 
um, jacket and things. So I'm kind of just knocking off dry mud as I leave as well, which is just scattering all over the floor. Okay. So you run for the door, and I'd like a group luck roll between the two of you. Oh. So who has the lowest luck? Luckily, Phaedra's not there, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you like him not there. I got, uh, I got yeah. 70. What's Which yours? The uh, my luck is 40. Oh, it's, it's on you, then. How about a 91 over 40? Oh, Jesus Christ, we just can't catch oh. a break, can we? <laughs> <laughs> Roll 20 is calling for violence today. Okay, yeah. so... You... Run for the door... And you head out just as you see a campus police vehicle pulling up into the parking lot. Oh, uh, 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 Brian, you, you go that way. I'm, I'm going this way. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, in the most natural and completely blending into society, I take the most ridiculous quick steps and literally put the hand up to the side of my face <laughs> Uh, and walk like really uh, quickly. Not suspicious at all. E exactly, but I just yeah, I I it's that child thing of covering my eyes so you can't see me, and I just mm -hmm. walk away from the police car. And as he does that, I I waddle with my jacket full of laptop and camera and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I, I waddle as discreetly as I can uh, towards the car that we came from. Okay, so you split off in different directions as the campus police head up the steps. Uh, Alden, give me a spot hidden. As you're circling around towards the car. That is a hard success. A 15 over 35. Come on! Okay, so as you circle around, you go past a lamppost that has, you know, thing, things tacked to it, like... Uh, Affordable lawn care, call this number. Looking for Spanish tutor, call this number, and so on. But the main thing that sticks out to you is a white poster. Not quite poster, but it's been laminated and so on, so it doesn't wash away in the rain. And it just says, have you seen this woman at the top? And the reason it catches your eye is because the picture in the center looks very much like a picture that you just saw a couple hours ago on Dot's phone. She's dressed differently, but the long auburn hair, the pale skin, the slight hint of a smile. She's wearing a UC Santa Cruz t-shirt that says Go Banana Slugs on it. And she's smiling. She looks very calm. But it says, Lorena McKennett, missing August 14th, last seen wearing blue jeans, blue trench coat, down near the Pajaro River. If you have any information, please call Jake at, and then it gives a local phone number. Can I... Can I just rip this off the lamppost and take it with me? Yeah, absolutely. So you rip it off the lamppost and you circle back to the car. Yeah. You probably shouldn't stay around here very long. 
and I just signaled to Brian as I closed in on the car, just, Brian, I, uh, a picture, um, a number to, to, to call. I just get in the car. Um, we, we, we need to find the others. Uh, they, they need to see this. There's, there's, um, I mean, this is her. This is her. And there's a number for Jake. Shall, shall I call him? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just call it, call a number. Uh, okay. I'm just sort of trying to stop all the laptop and gear, just fold it out the back of the jacket. I'm just like, yeah, just call you, never call me. I'll text Tony and Nico, just kind of saying, where are you? Uh, leaving library, um, all fine, in brackets, really successful. Um, and I'll send that, and then I'm going to call Jake. Mm-hmm. So, Tony and Nico, you get this text from Alden and Brian. It sounds very much like the Han Solo, we're fine, everything's fine, how are you? <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah, 100%. But you do get this text message that they're leaving the library. Do you have a place that you are meeting up since you are leaving the library? Do you tell them where to go, Alden? Since uh, Brian's driving and shouldn't be texting? Um, uh, meet at um, Coffevena. Co- Coffee mm-hmm. Vanna? Coffee Vanna. Coffee Vanna. Yeah. All right. So you send that text, Tony, or to Tony, and so you two can put in <laughs> into the GPS where to go. Uh, Coffee Van is down on 41st Street, which is actually pretty close to the hook when you look at Google Maps. Very close. So you head off in that direction, and Alden, you call Jake. The phone rings for a moment, and then you hear a tired, gruff voice on the other end saying, Jake Smith, how can I help you? Uh, hi, Jake. Uh, this is, um, uh, my name is Alden. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doctor. I'm, I'm a psychiatrist. Um, but I'm, I'm calling about the, the poster that you, uh, you, you put up. I, I started the, um, at the Santa Cruz, uh, the university. Lorena, have have you found her? Uh, Do you know where she is? Uh, not not quite found her, but I, I have found people that that have seen her. I believe, um, and I've got it on speaker so Brian can hear as we're driving as well, in case Brian wants to say anything. Um, we 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 believe, I believe, uh, the 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 we we are tracking down someone that might be with her. And we were wondering uh, maybe if we could meet, we could talk. You you could meet us. It might help us track her down. I I got to work tonight, man. I, I can meet you tomorrow, maybe. But you think she's still in town? I, 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 I do. I do. Uh, there was someone I met earlier today um, who I believe uh, has, has seen um, uh, Lorena uh, recently. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Okay. Look, I'm, I'm night shift at a care home. I can't leave the kids alone, but listen, last I saw her, we were having a picnic down by the Pajaro river. Okay. And she was getting ready for school to start up again in a couple weeks. She seemed like she was in a good mood. We were having a good time. And then she said she was going to take a walk while I cleaned up food and everything she walked down in the direction of the river she disappeared into the trees i heard her laughing and i never saw her again okay 
Um, uh, I, I went to the cops. They said there's no no case there that she's just a student and she probably went off with a guy or is having a major two week hangover somewhere. And it's just, that's not her. She, she doesn't drink. She doesn't do drugs, not even weed. Like she won't even take an edible. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake, I'm going to ask you a, a strange question now. And I just, I need you to just uh, answer without, without um, it, it might not mean anything, but it, <laughs> it might mean everything. Um, do you, do, do you do you know a Jolene? No, that doesn't sound familiar. No, have you, did did okay. um did Loana ever mention a, a Jolene? Lorena, no, she wasn't into women. Okay, oh yeah, as I said, it might not mean anything, Jake. Uh, uh, listen, um, can you 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 ping me on this number uh, when when you finish work, and I'll I'll let you know where we are, and uh, hopefully we can we can get together. Uh, yeah, sure, man. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. I'm looking at Brian as if to kind of be like, is there anything else I need to say? Is there anything we? Brian just shrugs and. He's trying to sort of dodge people who are pulling out terribly, and he's cursing at the drivers. In okay, Jake, you 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 have a lovely uh, you have a lovely day now. I hope you find her, man. You you too. I mean, yeah, yeah, we will. And he hangs up, and you can continue your drive down towards Coffee Vanna. You ha- both cars have to go down past the boardwalk which is a famous amusement park in Santa Cruz you can see the waves of the massive roller coasters with the ocean in the background the boardwalk sits at the edge of the beach it's quiet the rain is getting harder it's dark people don't really know how to drive in the rain around here so it gets a little dicey in some places but you're all kind of lost in your own thoughts in your two separate vehicles as you drive and Tony as you got into the car and now as you're sitting looking out at the rain swear you hear Alex in the rain Come on, baby. I'm waiting for you. And you can't get it out of your head. Alex? Alex, Alex, where are you, honey? No, no, Tony. No, not right now. No, I, 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 I can hear him. I can. I cannot, and that should tell you something. I, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I, I can hear him. Uh, Alex, where are you? He's not in the car. Does it sound like it's coming from a particular direction or is it just like all around you? Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex, tell me where you are. If you can hear him, he's not here. We can't see him. I can't hear him. Where, Where is he coming from? Is he in the trunk? Should we get out and check the trunk of the car? Listen, don't don't talk to me like I'm crazy. I know I, I know I can hear him. I know he's here somewhere. Hey. Hey 
he might be nearby, but we have to keep looking if we're gonna find him. We can't just stay here and, you know, we have to. We have a file that will might lead us to him. Yeah. 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 You're right. Uh, Alex, I I'm coming. I'm coming, honey. Okay. He's coming, Alex. You hear him? So Alden and Brian, you get to Coffee Vanna first. It's difficult to find parking. You have to drive around a little bit because everyone parks on the street. Uh, you actually have to park in the parking lot for a burger joint a little bit further down the street. And then Tony and, and Nico, you pull up a little bit later. So you have this stack of papers and a notebook that fell out of the locker, Brian. And you also have a smashed camera and a maybe broken laptop, but maybe it's an old enough dinosaur to be fairly sturdy. You're not sure. So do you go to the coffee shop first, or do you all take a look through these papers and notes and things? Uh, I think Brian probably goes to the coffee shop to sort of set up and get a bit of light and get dry mm -hmm. and, and, and and look through what he's got. Okay. Um, it's just to ask about the camera, is the camera a film camera or is it a digital camera? Give me a luck roll. Ooh. I'm good at luck. I, I hope. Um... That is a success. Okay. It is a digital camera. There we go. So it should be pretty easy to, even if the camera is smashed, get out the SIM card and plug it into the computer, assuming the computer works. Okay. All right. So you go into the coffee shop and it's at this point getting on close to 8.30, and the sign on the door says they close at 9. So when you all walk in, you see the very tired-looking barista behind the counter shooting you a, oh, really? Really? kind of look. Uh, she's got long blonde hair pulled back in a ponytail. She's wiping down the counters. But as you go in, she says, Welcome to Coffee Vanna. How can I help you this evening? I tap Alden on, on the arm and say, Hey, man, you're the one who does all the talking. We'll get us a couple of coffees. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go to a table and start rummaging through the, the laptop, the notebook, the camera. Okay. <laughs> you go plug in. The shop is really nice in a hipster sort of way with, you can see some of the pipes and the exposed walls and there's macrame and all the chairs have those really low wooden backs, make it look really hip but are extremely uncomfortable and the tables are metal, but you get set up and plugged in. There's free Wi-Fi. You can put in the password and you can pull out uh, the SIM card and plug it in. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. I start rummaging through all the files and seeing what I can do. Okay. So Tony and Nico, you come in, you see Alden going up to the barista. <laughs> um, Tony and Nico, because you're coming in next, you can give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. Oh, yes. That was a critical. I rolled Ooh. one. Yes. <laughs> wow. Tony is really het up by everything that he's mm -hmm. experienced. And he's just, the adrenaline is going. And, and he's like, his vision is super, super sharp. 
And Tony, you're thinking about Alex and you're still trying to, f- to hear and, and see if he's actually around. And so you're not paying attention to the barista or anyone else when you go in. And you see in the back down this hallway towards probably where the bathrooms and things are. There's a coat rack with a long blue coat hanging on it. Does this look like the blue coat in the photo that Dot showed us? It does. Ooh. And uh, very quietly, he will just kind of touch Dr. Nico on the elbow and just flick his eyes towards the coat. And then when he chooses a chair, he's going to make sure that it's in his eye line when he sits down to make sure Mm -hmm. that he can always see the coat rack. Okay. Nico, what do you do? I think Nico has probably anxiously realized that the shop is closing in half an hour and then not just here to have coffee and look at stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's going to... He saw the coat, um, so he might try to grab that later, but he's mm-hmm. going to go up to uh, Alden where he's getting coffee, order something for him and Tony if Alden doesn't have it covered, and then check with the barista about whether, you know, they've seen uh, Tommy or Sarah or, you know, give them their descriptions. The barista has a name tag that says Chrissy Jean on it, and she looks very tired, but she takes your coffee orders and she starts filling cups and the coffee is making hissing noises as she fills things up and she just sighs, says... Yeah, older guy, hot girl, came in together a couple days ago, I guess. Like, we know Tommy. He comes here a lot. Never seen him with the redhead before, though. And she points with her thumb towards a uh, table in a corner and says that's where where he likes to sit. Last I saw him was two days ago, though. Uh, anything weird about that day? You know, we can't find him, so anything you can tell us might might be really helpful. Give me a persuade roll. Oh, no, that's the one I don't have. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if I smile thinking. really large at the same time, can <laughs> I switch it to a charm? <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll be like so anything useful you can give us mm-hmm. <laughs> okay as long as it doesn't go with Alden's kind of charm I guess I say, don't worry I've got this covered if it doesn't go well he just looks really like pitiful mm-hmm. in a charmful way in a charming way um, that's the angle he's going for then thank you for your kindness mm-hmm. keeper <laughs> I am a generous god ha <laughs> ha Okay, with an extreme. (laughs) With an extreme, Chrissy Jean sets the cups of hot coffee down for you, and she sighs and leans against the bar and says, Okay, look, I don't 
eavesdrop on people, but it's kind of hard not to hear some things, right? She was just sitting there. She looked kind of aloof, remote. Real, real good-looking girl. Like, I'd tap that in a hot minute. That's all I'm saying. But Tommy seemed kind of agitated, okay? Like, he was shaking a little bit and he was saying, don't go. And then something like, don't leave me and I love you. And it's kind of not great considering he's 60 and she looked like she was 19, maybe 20, but... Well, I mean, you know, men. No offense. Yep. Nope. Can't take yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Just do that, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so... You're not wrong, to be fair. She, like, she was just really kind of cool. Didn't, like, she was not interested or done or something. And then, with the extreme, she cocks her head slightly, says she left without her coat. Is is, uh, is it that one over there? Yeah, I've left it there in case she comes back. Or if Tommy comes to get it, but I mean, it's a really nice coat. I don't know why anybody would leave it behind. It's like the kind of thing that you could wear for years and years and years, but <coughs> it's just it's just there. Uh, is it okay if we give it a quick look in case it, you know, it can help us find Tommy? Dot is worried sick. Return her coat to her. Uh, yeah, yeah if, sure. If we find her, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, Chrissy, can, can I ask? Um, what? What? Did she order a drink? Did Did she Did she drink when she was here with Tommy? No. Oh hate it when people do that. Yeah. Not very come, polite at all. No. Come and sit and don't even leave a tip. Yeah. Did I, <sighs> I mean, is my um, triple shot on the way? She sighs, pushes it over to you. Thanks, Chrissy. It's, it's, it's been right there, man. Oh, sorry. Uh, and he'll, he'll take out a, a significant tip because uh, he knows we're pushing close to closing time. <laughs> yes. Um, so while that conversation is happening, Brian, you put in the SIM card and pulled up Tony's lap. Uh, not Tony, and pulled up Tommy's laptop. Give me a luck roll. Mm -hmm. See if the computer is working. Uh, it seems to be. It's an extreme success. Nice. Okay, so it's not even cracked. It is built to withstand a nuclear blast. And so it's not even password protected because apparently Tommy was not very good with cybersecurity. So you get into the laptop and there's a black and white picture of a woman who looks very much like a younger dot uh, with her arm through this older man's arm. He's wearing a nice suit uh, he's only a couple years older than she is, it looks like, but they look very happy. She's wearing a white dress, probably their wedding day. Mm -hmm. And then the file folder pops up for the SIM card, 
And there, there's a lot of pictures on here. Um, you have to scroll through a good many of trees at night, houses at night, blurry things that could or could not be ghosts. Probably aren't. Fireworks, the boardwalk. And you finally get to the most recent set of pictures, which is from two weeks ago, according to the stamp from the, from the card. And there's only a couple pictures here. Uh, only a few. And there's a couple of what looks like establishing shots of a bit of a, a rocky, maybe cliff. You can see the ocean stretching out beyond it. It's like an overlook. And a large tree at the entrance to a path that looks like it goes down. Just a, a few shots at different angles. And then there's one picture. The very last one of a different angle, maybe at the start of this path, because there's a bit of the tree on the edge. And you can see this path going down towards a beach. The tide is out, so there's lots of rocks and sand. You can still catch a bit of the ocean. And there's just this blurry form of blue and white moving down the beach. And then there's no more photos. Is there any way of zooming into that photo, the the, the blue and white form? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, enhance. Just crop, enhance. Yeah, Blade Runner. <laughs> enhance and see if uh, you can make it out a little bit or change the contrast, mm-hmm. change the brightness, try and, you know, mm-hmm. bring it out a bit more. You do a little manipulation with what few tools are on this computer and you zoom in and definitely looks like a human shape but it's kind of dragging a little bit there's maybe it's the blur like this dragging blur of white towards the water and then it sort of blurs into the edge of the water but maybe it's just a, an effect of the light maybe the the light he had attached to the camera or something it's exposure I'm going to cycle back to the picture of the rocky cliff. I'm going to turn it around to the barista and say, uh, uh, excuse me, is, is this the hook? Oh, yeah, it's just down that way. Uh-huh. You can actually walk to it from here if you wanted to. Right, right. Thanks, thanks. He turns the yeah. laptop back. Um, the next thing Brian's going to do is he's going to see if he can do that... Um, you know, find my iPhone mm-hmm. thing to see if you can scan around to see if the, the laptop's connected to a phone at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't return anything. Okay. The phone must be off or broken. Um, third thing. Mm-hmm. So, can Tony, and... what are you doing? Oh, uh, sorry. So I was going to say third thing. Is there a chance that he can try and get into any of Tommy's emails at all or messages? Mm-hmm. Emails, probably not, because those would be password protected. And if he's taking his computer to work, he's not going to leave his Gmail logged in. You do have a notebook and a stack of papers on the table, though, that were with this laptop. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to check through those. Mm-hmm. Tony, are you also looking through the papers, or are you just staring at the coat? 
now that we don't have to keep the coat a secret, I think Tony is going to get up and go over and get the coat and bring it back to the table. And he'll spread it out and sort of look at it critically, seeing if there's anything off about mm -hmm. the proportions. He's thinking if this Jolene is maybe drugging her victims or doing anything else mm -hmm. and she's keeping something important with her, it's probably not going to be in the pockets. Mm -hmm. So he will check the pockets just because. But then he's also going to run a finger along the hem, mm -hmm. along the lining. He's going to kind of lay it out flat and kind of run his palm along mm -hmm. all the seams. He's looking for anything hidden. So when you pick up the coat and bring it over, all of you catch the smell of salt. Salt water. And there's a bit of stain all along the edge of this coat. Water stain, it looks like. And sand along the edges. You slip your hand into the pocket. And you feel something soft. Like fabric. You pull it out, Tony. And you remove from this pocket a blue and white kufi prayer cap that you know all too well. And he looks absolutely terrified for a moment. This is his. This is Alex's. He never... He never took this off. I oh think that's God. a sand roll for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely horrified, poor boy. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, so you're no. going to lose the full four on a fumble. <laughs> oh, fumble, fumble is, is max Put loss. Put the so. coat on. Put the coat on. <laughs> you are now Jolene. <laughs> you believe yourself Tony, to be Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> it scans and everything. Yes. He does. Yes, he is. He is now Jolene Tony. Tolene. Mm. So Tony. keep keep track of when you hit your one fifth. When you've lost one fifth okay. of your starting Sam. Because that will be important. But Ooh, lovely. So you just sort of pull back, clutching this coat, clutching the kufi, and you start shaking, I think, is your involuntary reaction yeah. and crying. So the rest of you yep. see Tony just pull this coat in and clutch it to his chest. And you see in his hands, he's holding this prayer cap and he is sobbing. Yeah. And he's not used to this. I think um, if you've all known him, on uh, online i know people aren't always online as as demonstrative as they might be in real life but he's always probably come across as quite emotionally controlled and not somebody to really let go in front of others but he really is he's going the full-on snot bubble cry i think at this point um, where I mean, is he Brian's, what does she do with him brian's gonna go over and, uh, and comfort him gonna, hey, yeah hey, all hey, as well. hey hey come on hey hey it's okay. It's okay. Come on. It's okay. Hey, I gotta look. get him. Look. Where is he? Hey, we're all, we're all together. We're all together here. Look, look. We're all here for you. Okay. Um, Tony here has been uh 
hearing Alex speak to him? We all, all hear around? The, we all hear the voices of our loved ones. It's okay. I, no, I hear Rita no, all the time. I'm, he's yeah. talking to me. In a more I hear way. Olivia's voice too. It's okay. I am not crazy. I heard him. I, I, I heard him there in the camp, and then I heard him in the car. No he one's said, saying you're crazy. No one's saying you're crazy. Look, it's okay. Just, just uh, You've been through a lot. We've all been through a lot. I mean, this kind of stuff, it messes with your head. Come on. It's okay. Let go of the coat. Come on. You don't, you, it's just some coat. Come on. Keeper, as, as we go over, the coat's there, and we can smell the salt, and we can see the, the water stain on it, and, and, and all the other hints that we've had. Uh, can I... I think I, the player may have put something in my head, a, a question mm -hmm. to pose to the others, but can I roll to see if my character would? Uh, yep. Perhaps. Um, if it's specifically related to what you think might be the nature of Jolene, yeah. then give me an occult roll. It's, yeah, it's more about our connection to Jolene, but I'll go with the occult roll. Well, I only just it, missed it. Is that something uh, one can what, figure what do you back mean on? Connection. Uh, what do you so, mean connection? I'll, can I say it, and then you can tell me whether? So, I just, I, Alden, and uh, my wonderful Olivia, we we lived in Michigan by the rapids, by 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 the water, and I'm just. Like with the coat and the salt, and and the, the I can hear Brian mm. murmuring about a beach, and photos, and we we heard also about the the the, the surfer's house, and it's it, it's just putting it in terms of do I'm, I wanted to ask the others in terms of where exactly where they live. Oh, you can absolutely do that. No question. No role required. That is something that your character can put together. Uh, and I, I do, I have to kind of like, you know, patting Tony's arm and going, Tony, it, it, it's okay. You know, back home um, uh, by the rapids uh, uh, in, in Michigan, um, by the, the rapids, where are you guys all, like exactly where you are? Is there, do you have access to water where you, where you are? Yeah, I mean, Richmond, Vancouver, it's on the coast. Uh, Nico? Uh Portland. Lakes. Oregon is on the Pacific coast. Okay. T Tony, I mean, I, do you, do you live close to water? Um, out of character. So, uh, keep yes. it out of character. I don't know the geography yes, of so, San Antonio and Texas. Yes. San Antonio has a, a river, a fairly well-known river running through it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a river right right through the city. Uh, I, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. And we, we didn't we, weren't we told that uh, um, what was her name? Uh, the 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 girl. Um, she went off to toward a, a a lake, a river. Uh, that she was heard laughing. Was that Brian? We we were speaking to uh, to to Jake. Yeah, that was that was what Jake said. They were, they say they were they were near a river in a forest or or something like yeah, that. The picnic at the the Parahole River. 
that she went to the the river and and that was the last he saw of her. They he heard her laughing and she, and she disappeared. Yeah, and, and Sarah, uh, she was from Washington State, right? I mean, that's on the coast. And Tommy went to the hook. And he, yeah, I mean, Ron, that's the coast. Know, Just points out the window. You know, when I was a kid, my abuela she always used to tell me, "You don't play by water," because uh, the white lady. La Llorona, she'll come get you if you play by the water at night. But the, the white lady? That can't be right. La Llorona, she's a, she, she cries. She, she's by the water and she cries. Can I roll on a cult, please? What are you specifically trying to figure out? Uh, so anything I would have come across that involves mm-hmm. uh, water, women... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People disappearing by the water, yep. women related. So roll a cult for me. <laughs> wow. Um, I haven't leafed through the material the yet. Mm-hmm. Can I push it by like you using the, the notes to try and jog my memory? Okay. It'll be very funny if you fail. Thankfully not. Okay. So you're you're trying to make some connections here, Nico. You're thinking about all the things you've studied and you've read. And there's something that strikes a chord that you're you can't quite place, maybe because it's you're you're so tired and you're so anxious and stressed, and this whole situation is causing all these memories. So you start absentmindedly flipping through these papers of Tommy's, just trying to give yourself something to focus. And as you do that, your attention is suddenly fixed on them. And you suddenly really laser focus. Some of these papers are photocopies from a book that appears to be called Legends of the Pacific Northwest. And you quickly scan through it, and it's it's helping you remember things. As the book appears to be talking about, just based on these photocopies of random pages, about when the Scottish and Irish immigrants came west in the Great Push. And how when they came on the railroads, or for the gold rush, or just to escape the racial tensions, particularly Irish immigrants from Boston and New York, they brought their legends with them. And their stories, you know these fairly well, because this is your area of study. These Celtic legends and how they morphed in in American folklore. There's notes that Tommy's written here about Selkies. These creatures of the sea mostly women, sometimes men, who could walk on land by removing their coats, their sealskin coats. And men would often trap them and take them as wives by stealing their coats. And a selkie could only return to the sea by finding her coat and taking it back. And then there's a note further down about, in in Tommy's handwriting, you assume, because it's 
definitely not from the book itself. Mermaid? Question mark. And then further down, sirens? Triple question mark. And then there's a note on Kelpies. Another form of, of spirit who would lure people into the water. Sometimes looking to eat them, sometimes looking for eternal companions. And they would drown their prey. And the final thing you find in, in these photocopies is about Morgans. And this is where you have sirens, exclamation point, written next to it. The Celtic version of mermaids, the Morgans, often lived along the coast or near running water. And they would sing to unwary sailors of any gender and lure them into the water and then marry them underwater and keep them trapped there forever. Willing or not. And Tommy's notes, his handwritten notes, are scrawled all over it. And you notice that they get more and more frantic. They start off very neat and precise, and then they start turning into huge loops and they're scrawled across the pages instead of in neat lines, almost as if he's losing his ability to focus. And on the last page, you find the name Jolene written over and over and over and over a good 50 times. And as you look at that last page, old-looking document falls out, lands on the ground, and your, your inner academic panics for a moment because this looks like something that should not be out of a very, very temperature-controlled room in a library. Handout time. Nope, I don't do handouts. Okay, not <laughs> handout time, so I will pick it up and look at it. Mm -hmm. It's written in Gaelic. Well, so good thing I know a, some. <laughs> you can give me a Gaelic roll. It's very convenient. Mm -hmm. It's an older version, so it's a little more difficult for you to parse. But with a success, as you start scanning through it, the first thing that catches your eye is the name Jolene, which is not a Celtic name from that time period in particular. This looks to be maybe 13th century. It's old. And as you scan through it while everyone else is comforting Tony, it appears to be a love poem. And it's, it's a little difficult to piece it out completely, right? Because poetry is harder, especially when you don't know all the references, but you do manage to pick out phrases of adoration of how beautiful she is, this woman the writer is speaking to, of how her voice is like the soft rain of summer. And then the very last line is as close as you can translate it. I would drown my soul for her. 
in the endless depths of her. That is a lot to convey to everyone else, but he's going to try and do his best. (laughs) Uh, And then I think he will suggest, I feel bad for poor Chrissy. Should we go to the library? They said it's, uh, it's open all night. Maybe, maybe we should go and finish this research there. Oh, they're they're going to uh, shut down. No, so. um, there was a thing. Someone, uh, Brian, do you remember there was someone uh, was being weird at the library and, and they called uh, campus security? Right. Yeah, I, I don't think Alden's going to be welcome back at the library anytime soon. But if, I didn't mean <laughs> You said it was I, successful. I, you said I, it was a success. It, it yeah, was. I, mean, I, got, I got the shit out of the locker, but I mean, the success... He, we can't go back. You guys, you can go back where we can't go back. So you Alden, were the someone, I'm guessing. I, Alden, maybe. give me a spot hidden roll as this conversation is going on. Okay. Still looking for my dignity, am I? <laughs> that would be a 66 over 35. Okay. You glance out the window and something's not right. You're not sure what it is. Something's not right out there in the rain. But you can't see anything. Uh, there's a there's a lot uh, a lot going on, everybody. I'm 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 just gonna take my coffee and just 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 get a just get a moment of fresh air. You okay? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's, it's a lot. Goodbye. Uh... What is it? Could I do a psychology roll to see if uh, Alden's okay? Yep, give me a psychology roll. My pride is hurt because nobody thought I could flirt with the uh, librarian. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fail, so maybe maybe that's why I assumed to be true. Yeah, you you think he's just embarrassed because yeah. you mentioned uh, his failure at the library, and he's suddenly self-aware enough to be embarrassed about this. So, Alden, you take your triple espresso outside, and now you don't need to roll because you went outside into the rain, which is getting harder. You can actually hear it plinking off the sidewalk and the cars around you. But you see, across the street, walking down the sidewalk, a very familiar figure. It looks... Very much like Tommy. And he is moving with glazed eyes further and further down the street in the direction Chrissy Jean pointed you a few minutes ago. I'll... I'm going to... turn and just bang on the window with one hand and then without going in I'm I'm keeping my eyes on Tommy and I'm just almost going to just flip my head back and just go (coughs) Tommy it's Tommy knock on the window and then I'm going to kind of oh I'm just going to basically jog after him okay so Alden bangs on the window Chrissy Jean rolls her eyes and buries her face in her hands but you hear from outside the muffled sound Tommy it's Tommy and then Alden takes off running. Uh, guys, uh, should we go? Should we go after him? I mean, it's 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 he's saying it's Tommy. 
What? Yeah, let's go. Uh, okay, just just let me quickly pack the papers. Okay. Brian uh, and Tony, you bolt outside, seeing Alden disappearing into the rain. Before I do, is there any chance I can pick up something? Just like something that I can use in some sort of weaponistic fashion. Why is this Tommy? He's not going to hurt you. No, but I'm, I, he's a bit freaked out at the moment. I, just just anything. It can be just... Uh, you know what? He, he, he picks up the camera. He picks a up spoon. the camera. In coffee hand, spoon. <laughs> and the coffee spoon, <laughs> just in case. And and he, he's got his hand just 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 sort of as a sort of Im- improv kind of weapon, just in case someone Okay. Happens. Yep. You you can definitely take <laughs> take the camera. Um, and so you run out with with Tony, Nico. You hurriedly pack up all the papers, being very careful with that ancient poem. And you follow out just behind everyone else, just about a minute. But in that minute. As you come out the door, you also see someone walking down the sidewalk in a slow, almost shuffle with this glazed expression on his face. As you see Cam walking without breaking a stride, even in the rain, in the same direction Brian, Tony, and Alden have just run off in. And he doesn't even seem to notice you as you come out the door. He's just walking, slowly. And then there's three more people. They're walking in the street. They don't seem to be aware of the sidewalk. All with the same pace, the same glazed expression. There's a young man in a very cheap business suit. It's falling apart. There's an older woman, graying hair, in a house dress that's barely holding together. Teenager, maybe 18. Looks a little bit better off than the others, but not much. And they're all moving in the same direction with the same gait. And Cam doesn't even seem to notice you. Cam! Cam! He's going to run up to him and try to grab him. You run up to Cam, and he doesn't even seem to notice you as you grab onto his shoulders. He just keeps moving in the same direction, and you hear him muttering, Jolene. I'm coming, Jolene. I would drown for you. No! Jolene. No! Stop! Can he slap him? You can. In a, so, not in a kind of causing mm-hmm. damage way, yeah, more in you, a like, slap out of You it. don't need to roll for it. You just slap him across the face, and he doesn't even react. <laughs> not a single muscle moves in response. His eyes do not turn towards you. He doesn't turn his head. He just keeps moving. And you see the other three moving in the same direction, crossing the street, inexorable, like zombies. Please, please someone help me stop him. I have to stop him. 
Someone! Help! Tony, as you run out into the rain, Nico behind you and then doesn't come up close. The rain has gotten harder. You splash through a puddle as you run after Alden and as the water splashes up around your shoes and your trousers, you hear, that's right, baby, come on. Drown with me. We'll be together forever. Come on. The one and the many. The many and the one. Come Tony, on, Tony looks around. Mm-hmm. He He's desperate. He's, he's, he's just like squinting through the rain and he can't see and he's looking. He's, he's looking everywhere for Alex, the love of his life, his best friend, his partner, his lover. Where is he? You hear the rain. You hear the voice. You hear the crashing of waves ahead of you in the distance. And the voice is getting louder and louder the closer you go. And Tony follows it. Alden, you chased after Tommy. He was moving fairly quickly for an older man. And he seems a bit more alert than Sarah and and others you've seen. He's focused. His eyes are wide. He's shaking. But he he takes off into a shambling run as soon as you can hear the ocean. And you come up out of this side street lined with beach homes to an an overlook that Brian showed you in photos. And it's dark and the street lamps are are out somehow, but you can still see because there's this phosphorescent shimmering glow coming up from below. You can hear the waves crashing against the rocks And you see Tommy running towards a path and a tree, calling her name. Do you follow him? Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost Mm going to try and get to to him. I'm just wondering if I can even try and grab him and and stop him. So you run to the start of the path to grab him. Brian, you're close behind Alden. Do you follow him as well? No, Brian... Brian's actually going to try and pull his jacket over his head. He sees this whole situation unfolding mm-hmm. with, with with Nico and, and Tony, and he runs back to the car, mm-hmm. and he gets into the car, and he he reverses out of the car park space, and he tries to sort of put himself between a throng of people mm-hmm. moving down to the beach. He tries to sort of position it so that they can't really get around, and he starts honking his horn to try okay. and... You pull attention. out in, you pull out into an intersection, this major crosswalk that people are going across. These these zombies, almost, and it strikes you how strange it is right now because there are no other cars. You don't see any other people. There's the light behind you from Coffee Vanna, but that's it. There is nothing in this this section. But Alden, you run to the path and you reach for Tommy but then you see her you see this beautiful woman in a long white dress 
wavy auburn hair trailing down her back. Beautiful green eyes looking up, up. And she is so much taller than she should be. She stands in the surf and the waves crash around her feet. And you see the water swirling around her. And she almost seems to merge with her, the water and the waves. And you see these faces swirling in this water and the glittering lights, sparkly pinpricks of her. She becomes slightly translucent as the waves swirl around her. And you see the souls of the drowned singing, calling. She glows slightly, and she throws back her head and smiles and laughs, and her laugh is the sound of the ocean, of a river rippling against the side of a bank, of lake water lapping against a beach, of rain falling on a car roof. And you're going to make a sand roll for seeing an elder thing as you see Jolene for the first time. Okay. In her true form. That is a hard success. Okay, so we're going to downgrade the sand die. You're still going to lose eight. Okay. So, give me an intelligence roll. Okay. To see if you understand what is happening. That is a success. <laughs> uh, which is bad. Yeah. This is where you don't want to succeed. So you understand, Alden, as you stop and stare. This is a god. All of your scientific rationality has no place here. And you understand that you never had a chance. Ever. Because how can you compete with a god? How do you compete with the endless depths of the ocean? And this shatters you. Would you like to choose your bout of madness, or shall I roll for you on my custom table? Oh, I'd like to roll on the custom table, please. Can I choose? Wonderful. <laughs> no peep. Okay. Oh, that's a fun one. Wonderful. The, okay. the only the only thing, uh, Rena, that kind of came to mind was, for good or for bad, I think mm-hmm. Alden having a moment where he there's a level of acceptance that he is mm-hmm. seeing the thing that took his wife, uh, took her soul. So mm-hmm. I think there is. Even though it is horrific, there's a small level of comfort that Mm -hmm. he is finally seeing what Olivia saw. And as you realize this, you descend into hydromania, which is an obsession with water. You must be near it, touching it, feeling it at all times. You cannot stray away from it. 
as you realize God is in the water. And that's going to last for a while. <laughs> and as you realize you have to be near the essence of her, the water that contributes to her being, Tommy runs down the path and he falls to his knees in the surf and he is calling to her, reaching to her, begging for her as you start your way down the path. Tony, you go running towards the water. You hear Alex calling your name and it gets louder and you hear more voices adding to the strength of his as he is calling you. And you see this same sort of glow that guides you to the path. And you see Tommy kneeling in the water and you see Alden running down towards the beach and you see her. And as the water swirls around her and she becomes more and more translucent, you see Alex's face shimmering in the being that is her, calling you, drown with me, be with me. But first you're going to make sand roll. <laughs> well, I'm three off my uh, indefinite insanity, so I think mm -hmm. I'm pretty much doomed. Whatever happens right now. Okay, Entirely let's possible. go. Oh, wow. That was actually a hard success. Okay. A 13 so... against 35. You still lose six, though. <laughs> <laughs> On the downgraded. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so you rush towards this this path and you see her and you understand suddenly why Alex drowned. You know that's what happened now. You know he drowned himself for her. To be part of her. And he is calling you. So I will allow you to choose whether you want to go be with him or you would want me to roll for a different bout of madness. What would Tony do? Well, I think at this point, given everything that's just happened and the fact that he is holding this prayer cap in his hand that he he's almost never sees Alex without it when he was mm -hmm. out and about, and he's just holding it tight in his hand and he's clutching it to his chest. And then he walks into the water with his arms held out. I'm here. I'm here, Alex. As you walk into the water, let's switch back to Nico and Brian. Brian, you pull your car into this intersection and you hear the rain hitting the ground, hitting your car. You see that these people don't even blink as they move around the back of your car and just keep walking. Brian, with your experience in emergency rooms and working in the hospital, it's almost like they're looking for a fix and they can't think of anything else. They are so single-minded in the pursuit of their addiction that they cannot stop, they cannot consider, they cannot think. 
and Nico, you try to stop Cam, and you like his skin is sunburned. He's walked through holes in his shoes. He's got the same malnourished look that Sarah did, and he shouldn't even be able to walk under his own power, but he is. And he keeps trying to push past you in the mindless sort of way. A robot will just keep bouncing against something until someone moves it away from the wall. I'd like to try and push him in the car with Okay. Brian. So give me a strength roll. Just this don't is fumble. where I spend all 25 of my luck if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Success! Okay. So Brian opens the door and you push Cam in. And Cam is trying to keep moving through the car, but he can't because he's confined in a space now. And Brian, you just hear him saying, Jolene, don't leave me again, Jolene. And he's trying to push himself through to the other side of the car. I just turn around to him and say, sit down, sit down. And I I look at all the people heading down to the singular point down on the beach. And he just gets into gear and he, he starts gunning it down mm-hmm. the beach, following, not you know, not hitting anyone over here. He's following the people yeah. to see where they are going at full speed. So, Nico, you bounce into the car with Cam, who is still reaching out. As Locking all no the control. doors as fast as possible. And you pull up to the hook, this little parking area on the cliff, and you see this glow, and you see these other three people moving mindlessly down the path, but they're moving faster now than they were before. And Cam starts thrashing and beating against the door, calling over and over for Jolene, beating their his hands against the windows. You're f- almost afraid that he's going to break the window and cut his hands because he is calling for her. I sit on him basically just like like this like no well i was going to turn to nico and say get him out get him out of the car no he's going to die i don't care get him out i'm gonna fix this get him no drive away i'm not driving away i'm not driving away not after what this thing did to rita and tears well up in his eyes as he Remembers his fiancée as she wasted away on his hospital ward. So we've got to finish this. Get out the car. She's going to drown. Are you heading down towards the path, Brian? If they get out the car, I will head down Mm -hmm. the path. Uh, I'd like to get in the driver's seat and drive away with with Cam. Uh, Okay. Roll, roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, here we go with the PvP. Oh, Knew it was wow. going to happen. You're just getting yeah. out of the car, right? No, no. No, I'm, he, I'm, he's going down he's... the path in the car. I'm. Oh. I, I would like Brian would like to drive down towards the shape mm-hmm. on the beach. Yeah, you won't be able to get all the way down to the beach going down this path because it it's a walking path, right? And it it curves around a bit. You can drive up to the path, but right. you can't drive all the way down. In that case, Brian. <laughs> takes a step back okay <laughs> and he's like okay uh, 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 
I want to use the car. I can't use the car. Okay, let's get him out the car. And we got to go down. Let's get down to the beach. No, you can. I'm not going there. I'm taking him home. You, you can go. I'm Fine. taking him home. Fine. And he gets out the car and he slams the door and he starts <laughs> marching down the beach with, with the camera in his hand. And he's just like okay. solidly marching down. You make your way over to the path as you hear Nico driving away as fast as he possibly can. And you see Alden standing at the edge of the water just covering himself and his muddy clothes in as much water as he possibly can. You see Tony walking out into the water, arms outstretched, and you see these other people, Tommy, these other three, kneeling in the surf and calling out to her, reaching their hands out. And you're going to make a sand roll as you see Jolene. Okay. That is an extreme success. Okay, so I will downgrade that further with an extreme. Okay, you're going to lose five points of sanity. Okay. Not doing too bad. Not too bad. So you still need to give me the uh, intelligence roll, though. Oh, I do. Because you lost um, five at one go. Oh, dear. It's mm -hmm. a success. Oh, that's not good. Oh, that's marvelous. Good. <laughs> it's a success. Oh. It's a success. Oh, shit. Oh, Okay, so I'm going to roll for your bout of madness, mm -hmm. unless you had an idea that you would like to go for. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this one's fun. And it works perfectly well with what you're already doing. Brian, you are the only one who can save everybody. You are the hero of this story. You can stop everything. You can save everyone. You can fix it. Only you can do this. You are the hero. You are going to best the monster in the best heroic tradition. What do you do? How far is he from the shape, the figure that is mm -hmm. Jolene? About 20 feet by the time he, you get to the end of the path. He's going to run in the sand. He's going to run as fast as he can. And with all his might, he's going to try and belt her in the head with the camera that he holds in his hand. You're going to hit the ocean in the head with a camera. Yes. You got this, bro. <laughs> okay. So um, you <laughs> run up to Jolene and you hit the camera into her head and you feel your hand passing through her skull. If she had a skull into the ocean, the water, you can feel something nibbling at your hand, at your skin, like little fish biting away at you. And you just hear all around you, oh, you're so cute. And then you start to hear a song bubbling along the ocean. All these voices singing together as Jolene becomes more and more translucent. And you hear this full voice singing out to you. You're going to make me a power roll. Okie dokie. Uh, that is 
very big fail. She's so beautiful. You need her, Brian. It makes so much sense why Rita wanted her. You have to be with her, Brian. And she bends down as you stare up at her in absolute adoration. And you feel just this cold, wet kiss on your forehead. Somehow gentle. But unknowable. And she says, Not today. And she looks at you, Tony. She looks at Tommy kneeling in the surf and the other three. And she pats you on the shoulder, Brian, and turns and says, Well, if that's what you sweet things really want, who am I to say no? And she begins to melt into a wave as it comes crashing up on the shore. And it envelops Tommy and Tony, the other three. Water pouring into your noses, your ears, your eyes. The sound of a million drowned voices calling you, singing to you, drawing you to her. And Tony, you're with Alex. You're with the others. You are the many in one. You are with her. That's all you're ever going to need. And to put a coda on everything, Brian, she left you. She disappeared into the ocean. And you need her. You have to have her. Her song never leaves your mind as you start walking, following the path of the ocean down towards the Gulf of Mexico, seeking her song Unable to be too far away from it, as you hear just bits and pieces every time you pass moving water. Part of her is there, but you need her the way Rita did. And you walk, and you walk, and you walk. Alden, you see... Tony, Tommy, and the others disappear into the water as you surround yourself with it. But Jolene doesn't take you with her. And you go back to your practice. But you can't bear to walk those hospital wards anymore. You can't bear to look into the eyes of the hopeless and the addicted, and the homeless, the ones who feel the same despair that you do. And you go out, seeking new purpose, new something, 
And every time you hear moving water, your heart feels cold. And you hear snatches of song. It doesn't infect you, but it echoes, reminding you of what was. As Olivia's wedding ring grows colder and colder on your finger, every time you touch it, until you can't bear its weight anymore. Nico, as you start driving like a bat out of hell, out of Santa Cruz, Cam stops throwing himself against the window of the door of the car. And you hear one anguished cry. Jolene, as he begins to convulse in your back seat, bones cracking as he shakes and falls against the floor of the car. And you pull off to the side and you try to stop it, but it runs its course. His ribs cracking and breaking his eyes staring at the sky as the rain pours down his face. He slips into a coma. And you never go back to work because you can't. Not when what you've seen has shaken you so much to your core. And you sit by his hospital bed and the days turn into weeks and into months as he slowly, inevitably, slips away. And that is where we will end this game. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my wonderful players. And hope you never meet Jolene. Oh my goodness, that was dark. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so good. Huh. Wow. So, I, I I survived the game. I well told done. you it was survivable. <laughs> but there are worse things, things than dying. In, there's one thing about living in Santa Cruz I could never stomach. It's all the damn sirens. <laughs> all the damn sirens. <laughs> Everywhere you turn. Did, y'all, y'all caught the Lost Boys reference, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Boardwalk yeah. vampires. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And us, I think, that was set there as well, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah it was Peele's on the boardwalk. Yeah. That was great. That was really good. That's very cool. I think one of my favourite moments, Rena, mm-hmm. uh, gen- like, genuinely, I think it was because, <coughs> excuse me, we were all, we. Th- th- it was really well paced in terms of like the uh, investigative drops so I think there was a moment where we were all kind of doing that thing where we all kind of had squinty eyes going, is this, this is the thing with the water and Everyone the rain? Everyone picked it sort of at the same time. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, oh, water and rain. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was nice because I think that's, mm. you know, with a lot of scenarios, you desperately really want these investigative beats yeah. because you want, you know, as, a, as an investigator, you want to, you want to find clues and solve the mystery. As a keeper, mm-hmm. you want these beats to be found, but not mm-hmm. put together too quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want your players to enjoy that. And I think I, I felt very much that that was the case with this, that there was a moment where 
we sufficiently got these kind of beats and then kind of went way um, it's, it's a really clever way of doing yeah it. definitely I'm hiding it in the character's place of residence yeah it was, it was yes very, very that was subtle, so very good kind of yeah. Uh, I that was very yeah. good yeah and, and, and the, the hook was so strong yeah it was well. it really it was, was. Yeah. And Dot was so nice. She was like the nicest well, NPC I've seen in a very long time. The thing about the song, right, is that the singer is not calling Jolene a bitch. She's not screaming at her. She's this worn down, quiet woman begging this beautiful other woman, please, just like appealing to her humanity, mm. right? And she she's talking to her like another woman not you know i hate you you're a hoe mm. like any of those things and so that was kind of the inspiration for dot right is just this quiet woman all she's ever had she doesn't hate jolene she doesn't think she's she's you know a a gold digger or anything like that it's why she talks so calmly about her she just wants her husband back yeah. And so mm -hmm. I get very tired of the woman against woman kind of narrative where they're yeah. all fighting over a man yeah. kind of thing. And so I really love Definitely. in the song that they don't do that, that yeah. she's just asking. And so that that's where we went with Dot. Yeah. It's lovely. Was there anything we missed in terms of kind mm -hmm. of like research phase or how to get the people mm -hmm. back? Was there even a possibility? Mm -hmm. of? So the possibility is there if you throw the co coat on her that is the Ooh. selkie's coat ah yeah hence the oh, the reference yeah. to the selkie mm -hmm. nice. in this in this case um like putting her coat on uh because the the one bit you didn't follow up on not everybody does it's not necessary is that jolene takes on a different human form everywhere she goes yeah and mm -hmm. she takes on the the form of a woman who's drowned she takes their body ah. and so every time she leaves town so two weeks after someone goes missing they find that woman's body because Jolene's left it oh. but she needs a human form in order to exist and so whatever their clothing is when she takes them mm. is what she uses as her form so if you take that piece of clothing and throw it back on her she melts into the ocean and it breaks the connection mm. so like seconds away from doing that so, so close it, right so who did the blue trench coat belong to lorena, lorena the right. the body she was wearing uh, yeah oh it the, wasn't alex yeah. actually uh, yeah oh, no, so it, it was it was lorena's body essentially uh lorena cool. drowned in the river and mm. Jolene was slipping through at the time, so she took on Lorena's body, and Lorena's body will be found uh, on the beach in 24 hours or so, because right. Jolene has ditched it. She doesn't need it anymore. So, and that's why she left the coat behind as well. Nice. So it is it is possible to save Tommy and the others mm. by breaking that hold she has on the on the real world for a bit. Mm she'll pop back up in other towns and she'll addict more people, but anyone who's currently addicted to her will lose the addiction. That's cool. I just wanted to run her over in a car. 
I was just like, I yeah. want to go fucking run it down. My, <laughs> I think it was when Hedge, when Hedge play tested this, someone, and I think it might have been Graham from the Nook, ran their car off the cliff after essentially turning it into a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> and tried to tried to tried to set the ocean on fire (laughs) to be fair he was in about a madness at the time um i think graham patrick's kind of what i was aiming for was was Mm -hmm. just to to drive it down but i was like Mm -hmm. yeah well you can't drive down the path because the actual path is kind of windy a little bit uh, yeah. And it's also a walking path, so it's not wide enough for a car to get down. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can drive it over the cliff, but you can't drive it down the cliff. Mm. So, how significantly different would the scenario have been if Alden mm-hmm. had managed to successfully woo the librarian? <laughs> so, uh, in terms of his way- happily ever after. <laughs> uh, well, got remarried. I mean, that's the that's the little. Cro- if you survived, so- you could have remarried. You know, she <laughs> might have asked you out for coffee. I don't know. I think she but was also, a at heart. Uh, the way I write scenarios is I make all the clues movable. So if you don't succeed in one area and there's a clue you definitely need, it'll show up elsewhere. So if you successfully get Miss Barami on your side, she might show you what Tommy was working on which is this old Celtic book of, of stories and poetry. And you can find the actual poem there in the rare book section that he was working on. There's extra notes and things you get there that aren't 100% necessary, so you, d- you don't have them in this scenario because you didn't get into the, that section. But mm. the poem and his main notes, I moved to the locker mm. um, so that you got those because I don't believe in... in <laughs> roll walling things yeah yeah so a little bit of sailing so forward. forward yeah yeah so there are other bits and pieces of things you could have found in the rare book section if you'd succeeded uh but nothing that was 100 percent. you must have this to understand what's going on mm-hmm. i really loved the use of the folklore and the mythology mm-hmm. that was all really interesting was yeah. uh what was the was it just a coincidence or was there a, a deliberate reference to La Llorona as well? Uh, it's a deliberate reference. So okay. my my idea is that Jolene being water, uh, she's probably the reference point for a lot of water spirit legends, yeah. Uh, yeah. original mermaids, which yeah. are closer to sirens, right? But also La Llorona yeah. and uh, White Ladies and like all of these other mm-hmm. spirits and ghosts and legends associated with water mm-hmm. are probably hosts that she's had or mm-hmm. other elements to her because she gets around. She's the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, she can move through any running water, which is why all of your hometown locations are around running water. Was the book... The Legends of the Pacific Northwest. Was that the same book that was in Saturday the 14th? No, <laughs> because that one was in Maine. Oh, and that okay, was Lauren Legends of Central Maine. That's there on the other go. coast. <laughs> as soon as I heard a Mythos book, I was like, wait a minute, Rena, wait a minute. <laughs> a-, a lot of my stuff is ba- based on actual mythology because that's what I find fascinating. <laughs> yeah. um, so you got like native american legends from maine and this one is like specifically what the immigrants brought with them when they came west uh because there is a lot of legend and lore in the pacific northwest uh from 
Celtic immigrants, Scottish and Irish particularly, because they were chased out of Boston. They were chased out of New York. There was a lot of anti-Irish sentiment in particular in the mid-1800s. And so they started working on the railroads or they went west for uh, pioneering or a better life and their stories went with them. And so that that's what I built that bit on. Mm. And the thing with Jolene, if you don't mind me saying, because uh, this is my favorite bit <laughs> of this yeah. of this scenario, Jolene is not evil. She is not malicious. She does not want to end the world. She does not want to drive people mad or, you know, destroy a city or anything. Humans are so far beneath her that she sees them as pets. So she thrives on their adoration the way your cat or your dog or your hamster or whatever loves you unconditionally. And then she moves on to the next one because she doesn't need you anymore. But it's, like, a, deep okay. evil, it's a deep evil ignorance. It's, a, it's almost yeah. like a terrible evil because she just doesn't care. Because she doesn't know. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's a very, it's a very good care. character because... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know, abandon but, my pets in a different state. There's, there's no character <laughs> that's like, ha ha ha, I'm evil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always the ones who yeah. are like, you know, they, mm -hmm. they don't quite understand or, or they, they don't care. Well, so, they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah but, maybe she that, thinks that's she's why, giving them what they want. Yeah, that's why she lets them drown if they want mm. to, because then they just become part of her and they're with her forever. And she's well, if that's what you really want, I'm not going to say no. Mm. But she's kind mm. of doesn't really think about the fact that when she leaves, anyone sh who doesn't follow her uh, or very, you know drown is is so away. addicted it's to very, her that they die. Old, yeah, very old yeah. testament, biblical as well. If you don't follow me, then hey, go fuck yourself. It's, it's, that's mm -hmm. basically the Old Testament with God. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, well, and mm -hmm. that's why Alden like survived. Me, he had his pet armor. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was a pet. He, he was the, the pet. Yeah. It's nowhere um, in the ark, and all mm -hmm. the animals on the ark had pet armor, mm -hmm. and it was all. It all went well, down. Yep. Shall we say a lovely thank you to everybody who stayed yes. on to listen to all these Absolutely. wonderful little trade secrets at the back end of the scenario. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Rena, thank you so much for running thank this for you. us. Absolutely superb. Thanks for having me. Um, always, 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 always. Uh, Pete, Lydia, Phaedra, always a pleasure. Um, and we will be back. That is a threat and a promise. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel and support us on Coffee. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Miskatonic Playhouse.